Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. So where's the office back at Division? In the office, baby. Going up. It is Super Wild Card Weekend Eve. Here on Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice Hayes, and CB. Welcome back into the program. We'll get you into the weekend with a lot of good stuff. Boys, how we feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling really good. It's a freaky Friday. You just mentioned something that I I can't wait to get to. I cannot wait to get to tomorrow at 4.30. This weekend should be very, very Exciting, man. How you feeling over there? Awesome. I see you've, uh, you're starting the playoffs with the old Baltimore Ravens hat. Well, you know, it's a football Friday. you got to rep your squad around here. Well, this you know? is it, man. I know your guys aren't playing. You get the nice sit back at home and rest and watch the others fall, which is nice. <laughs> but, yeah, you're number one. You've got the, uh, the whole thing goes through your boys. So we get to find out. The question I would have to ask you, because uh, the three of us are hopefully going to embark on to Radio Row, as we always do for... Uh, the Super Bowl. It's in Vegas this year. Yeah. And I remember about a month or two ago, I think I asked you about the trip, and then I mentioned Baltimore, and obviously you didn't want to go all in on that. But now that you guys are the top seed in the AFC, I have to ask this question. Um, if your boys make it, what happens? Are you staying? Are you going? Are you going to buy your way in? Are you going to fight your way in? Um, are you going to try to... I mean, what? I mean, because I remember you telling me like a couple months ago, well, if my guys are in it, I'm going to go to the game. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I don't know what I would do. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to do. Okay. And that would be to go to the game and right. soak that in, win or loss, just to be in the building for that. You can't miss those moments as a fan, right? You just can't. I had the same conundrum when the Vikings were supposed to be the first team to host a Super Bowl, and the game wasn't obviously in Minneapolis. And that was the year of the Minneapolis miracle. That was the year that the Vikings pulled it off against the Saints. And you know what they did to Sean Payton. Right up there, baby. Outstanding. And he was taunting the fans, and it was out, It was great. And Diggs goes to the end zone. And I remember coming in to do the show that Monday. And there were two options. One, because we knew we were going to Radio Row. Yeah, It was in Minneapolis. By the way, in the Mall of America. Mm. Set up next to a steak and shake. Yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins over there. I mean, it was unbelievable. He's a man of the right. people. It was, it was uh, shoestring fries. Ooh. Yes. Outstanding. Mm, well, first you know, go melt. It was basically, you You went to work. It was like, I, you know, if you always dreamed of working at a GameStop, that was the time to do it, right? I could do the show, yeah. go over to GameStop, have a burger, and just walk around the mall. I used to great. get active in GameStop yeah, and sure Blockbuster. Blockbuster, yeah. those were my stores back in the day, man. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a store that neither of you guys would even probably remember. 
And every time I drive over to and get off, you know, on Sawmill and go north, um, there was a there was a building there that's the same building, but it's not the same store. Okay. It was called Media Play. I have not heard Eddie, of that. Either of you guys heard of that? All right. When I walk by there, I don't know what it is now, but it's not Media Play. That was the, I mean, just to go, I mean, they had a little bit of everything. CDs. Everything. Yeah, okay, exactly, I got you. Right. I got you. And, um. So I don't know how I got on that. But anyway, it was at the mall. Well, right, the mall, right. That's probably why. So um, we're, we're, we have two choices. Because everyone said after the Minneapolis miracle that, they, that that was the destiny of all destiny. That mm. play should never have happened. The Vikes are now going to go win the Super Bowl, at least play in it. And they're going to be the first team to host the Super Bowl. So there were two options because it was either facing Matt Ryan at home for the NFC title game or going to Philadelphia and facing Nick Foles. And I remember on the show with Bobby and you, and I said, you know what? The whole world has the Vikings in the Super Bowl. I'm worried about if they're home against Atlanta, that if they were home against Atlanta, that they would almost feel like we're in the game. We're so comfy. We're at home. And I had nightmares of Atlanta back in 98 and all that. I said, I don't want any piece of that. I want them to go away and earn their way back. Mm. Obviously, that was a complete mistake. You never give up home field advantage in any game in the playoffs. And the weird part about it is the Vikings scored first in that game. The other part of the story I will tell you is everyone said to me that week, so how much money are you putting on the Eagles? Eagles were getting three points. It was the perfect mental hedge. Put a lot of money on the on the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then if the Vikings don't win, you get paid to cry. And if they win, then you're happy to buy your way to the Super Bowl and pay it. And you know what I said to those people, Matty, for me. the first time in a long time? Tell me. I said, I'm going to go back into 10-year-old Anthony, and I'm not putting a dime on this game. Oh. This is going to be as pure as pure gets. I'm not going, because I felt if I put a dime on the Eagles, even though I might have won the bet, which mm-hmm. I would have, cosmically, I would have affected the universe. Mm-hmm. And I would have bet against my team. And if they lost, which they wound up doing, so now it ruins the whole theory, I would have felt like I had something to do with them losing. So now here we are, years later, yeah. and your team is the number one team in the AFC. Yeah. And I will fast forward you to the Super Bowl. Oh, if God. they are, if, let's say the number ones both get there. The rematch just, that we just saw a few weeks ago, Niners-Ravens? And the Harbaugh Bowl of years ago. Oh, God, you're right. Right? Yeah. And so if we get that, if you don't go to the game, mm-hmm. would you be willing to bet on the Niners for the ultimate mental hedge? 100%. Okay. I, I am. Or the, would you bet on your own team to win? No, I'm never betting on my team. So I, you uh, wouldn't go the pure route that I went? No, no, no. I'm right. betting the other way for the mental hedge. Okay. I, I need some type of satisfaction in some form. Or fashion, if my team is going to go down, at least give me a little bit of coin. But yeah, I'm always playing out worst case scenarios for my team. Right. I am that fan. So I'm already leaning into the rust part of the rest versus rust scenario and all of that. Like that's, that's how concerned I am about this by, even though as a fan, it does feel good to lock up the one seed and, and get guys back healthy. Now let me flip it to the orange and fudge. Here we go. Because of the guy behind the glass. No, um, no Browns gear today. That's so a, that's a that you it, dropped the ball on that one. He, not only did he drop the ball, I think that, and I'm not going to say he planned that because I think Browns fans' confidence is a fairly decent clip right now. I think they're they're somewhat concerned because this Texans team is the one team they didn't want to play. Probably they didn't want to play. They would rather play Indy or Jacksonville for sure. Yeah. 
But I'm wondering if somehow the earth stops and ro- starts rotating the other way mm. and the Browns make the Super Bowl and we're in Vegas. Mm. CB, what is your dream scenario as far as experiencing that game? And would you be willing to go all in on them and bet them to win? Or would you be the mental hedge guy as a Browns fan and say, I have to bet on the other team, knowing that you might cosmically affect it in a bad way? So real quick, I would say the flight turns into a round trip from a round trip to a one way at that point. Uh, We're staying there. We're definitely open ended. Yes, that's right. Uh, I would definitely do the bet on the other side thing. Mm-hmm. Purchase my happiness is always kind of what I do. Okay. He's mental hedge boy. Smart. The best part about the trip, just to kind of give a little inside information on this, is that we were given some options to leave and go on this trip by our, our uh, outstanding program director, Fish. Mm-hmm. And he threw out leaving at 340 on Monday of that. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Monday of that week. The three of us looked at him and or looked at each other and said, wow, how nice. He's going to give us a full travel day, then a logistics day, and we're going to basically have Monday as a full travel day. And what did he say? So we said, hey, Fish, we'll take the 340. Good. So as, as horrible employees <laughs> that we are, we decided to take the free day off. And he said. Unbeknownst to us. Hold up, play us. No, this, <laughs> this is the oddest part of the story. We looked at him and said. This is cool. He emailed us a non-stopper at 3.40, leaving Columbus to Vegas. Outstanding. Gaining the three hours. Mm. Just perfect. Where Jet lag gets flushed. The three of us have a night out on the town. Mm. We get ready and all that. We got multiple nights out on the town. And then he says with a straight face, all right, if you want that flight, that's fine. Um, It's going to be a rush. And we both look at rush. Huh? What do you mean? We got all morning he said, to get there. Well, are you going to be able to make it when you do the show? And I said, first of all, make it. We get off the air at two fifty-seven. The flight's at three forty. They're going to close the doors at three ten. How in the world could we possibly make it, even if we wanted to make right, it? Right. And then he said, and I said, you must be joking, sir. You you have to be joking. He's like, in a weird way, I'm not joking. I don't know why I put that on there as an option. So the rug gets pulled, and it would have been neat for the three of us to say, you know what? We'll take it. We'll see if we can make it work. Who in the... I don't care if we had a helicopter twirling, waiting for us at 257. We can't get on a flight at 340. They shut the doors at 310. I mean, we could take Chopper 10, right? All the way to Vegas? Uh, no, yeah. I meant over to the airport. And we no, still AR, wouldn't AR make just, it. AR just cooked up all the way to Vegas. <laughs> if they're giving us that, we're taking that thing ourselves Did they all go that the far? way. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I've never been in a helicopter, and I don't think I want to be. I don't know. Anyway, that was the funny part. So oh, guess what? Yeah. We're not on the 340. No. We'll all be working. But we will day. be there. We yeah, will we'll be, be there. there. We're going to document a lot of it. It's going to be a great time. Two Has- bullets in the chamber. His and yours, both on the AFC side. Mm, 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 so we got two chances out of the AFC for one of you guys to just be around the moon that week. And knowing like, it makes sense. This is probably going to end the well, way... we the- all have a chamber because he's got his, his oh, yeah, Lions. Yeah, you're a Lions fan. What are you talking about? Back in April, you, you gave up your Vikings fandom. You love Jared Goff and Dan I Campbell. Gave him up for this year. Not permanently. <laughs> is that allowed? 
I want to bet. Are you allowed to take a one-year hiatus from your team to root for another team? I mean, I guess if my team's eliminated. You're supposed to say, Maddie, I can do whatever I want to Well, I don't like to play that card, but (laughs) I do like Dan Campbell, and I like that team, Mm. and we're going to do our NFL picks today. By the way, forget the Stafford revenge game. This is 100% a Goff revenge game. He was the throw-in quarterback. He was the gem of the trade was Stafford. The 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 Rams said, Mr. Goff, thanks for getting us to the Super Bowl that one year, but we don't think you're anywhere close to that again, and we're getting rid of you, even though we, they paid him. So you think Goff's going to be mean mugging McVay after every uh, touchdown he throws this saying, weekend? They're, they're, everyone's talking about Stafford's return to Detroit. He's this, to me, home. is the Goff revenge game. This is... I'm still damn good, too. I had a second act you didn't believe in. Yes, you got the Super Bowl with Maddie, and that's great, yeah. but I'm ready to deliver one to Detroit City. I'd say uh, if I were Sean McVay, I'd say slow down just a little bit. Hold up, play Yeah, win a playoff game first right. in Detroit, and then holla at me. Yeah, That's what I would say. Here's the deal. Fish, we're going to change our 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 flight. We're gonna, we are going to get on that 341, and what we're going to do is we do the first hour here. Then we're going to do the second hour over the phone on the way to the airport. Might be entertaining. Yeah. Might be more entertaining than what we do anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Over-unders this hour. We'll do our NFL picks at 1233 against the number. Uh, a lot of weather games involved here this weekend. Uh, we've got Jonathan Alexander from the Houston Chronicle. Blue horse who loves Anacott Steel. From the Houston Chronicle, he will jump on and talk about those Texans versus the Brownies, and then we'll go locked on Brownies 100% with Jeff Lloyd at 233. When we come back, the surprising hire in the NFL. Why'd they do it, and why did they leave the other guy waiting? That's next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Oh, we got some prizes today yes, on a football sir. Friday. Yes, sir, AR. We've been giving away four tickets to the Cincinnati Boat Sport and Travel Show all week. That ain't stopping. We're going to do that again today. However, we're adding more tickets, and this is going to be four tickets to Sunday's. Ohio State women's basketball game against Michigan State. So you never know when we're going to drop these. So hang with us, man. I got goodies. I got goodies. Got to be listening for Maddie to deliver the goods to you. Uh, This was a shocker to me and because of the guy that was available. Uh, The Bill Belichick era is over, obviously, in New England. 24 seasons, six Super Bowls later. And all of a sudden, the legendary coach is gone. Uh, The questions that really were never answered were... And maybe he did answer this, and I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell me. Was Bill Belichick asked in the last 24 hours if he wanted to stay? And if he was asked, would he lie? Because there's no way he can say, I wanted to stay. 
There's no way, because then that goes right to, I wanted to stay, but the big man wouldn't let me. Like, and you can't have that. This was all for sure. They had to make sure the legendary coach, that's why the mutual parting of ways was the right way to couch it. And then the semi-hog with the, oh, he's got a cold, so I'm not going to go in for the full one. Like, it was about as awkward, (laughs) but... As a germaphobe, I appreciate that. Because that's something I would do, too. Like, you got a cold, stay away oh, So we're me. never... Oh, okay. If you got a cold, oh, okay. we, we're not going to embrace. But any other day, we can, we can bro-hug it out anytime <laughs> you want, man. Uh, so that's what happened the other day. I don't know if Belichick was ever asked, like, so you were equally interested in leaving as he was into having you leave? I, that's an like, interesting question. I don't think he would ever answer that. He had one year left, is my point. And that's why yeah. I would ask Kraft. By the way, ask Kraft the same question. Hey, your coach had one year left on his contract. Why are you booting him now? Because he stinks. No, that's, that's well, no, because yeah, my confidence is that we've had our day with him, and that may be right? the case for sure. And and even when Bill selects his new team, when he is asked about his departure from New England, we know how he's going to get down. He's not going to answer. He's going to say, "I don't want to talk about anything in New England. I'm moving ahead with Atlanta, Washington, whatever it's going to be." So Gerard Mayo is the guy. He's a former Patriots player that played there for almost a decade. He, he won a Super Bowl there. If I were a Patriot fan, I wouldn't be that excited about this because I would have wanted Robert Kraft in the front office to go through a cycle of guys outside of the building just to see what they have to offer. This seems to me that they're just trying to continue that Patriot way and still do, do the same things that Bill did. And we've seen guys leave New England that were coaching with Bill Belichick and get head coaching opportunities elsewhere, and it didn't really work out that well. Josh McDaniel, Matt Patricia, Joe, all these guys that have been on that kind of Belichick tree It hasn't worked out that well. So I'm not trying to sit here and say Gerard Mayo is going to be a bad head coach. I have no idea. But their issue hasn't been defense. And he's a defensive-minded guy. And I just believe that in the era of football that we're in now, you better make sure that if you're going to go down the road of having a defensive head coach, that you have a young stud offensive play caller. And I can't trust New England right now to go find that guy. And if I were a fan... I wouldn't trust him either because this front office hasn't shown anybody that they're going to go out there and make noise on the offensive side of the ball. Defense this year, again, wasn't an issue, but offensively right now, this franchise is behind. It's weird. I'll give you that point. It is weird because this guy, Robert Kraft, has hired, what, two coaches since buying the team? That's it. And then to just take what was given you. Now, Parcells was already in place when he bought the team. So I'm talking about Belichick and Pete Carroll. But, I mean, so now, I mean, here they are. Gerard Mayo... As I like to say, Chris Maltesanti would say, the hair apparent um, was the guy. The Patriots, in a weird way, and this is the irony of it, they have the number three pick in the NFL draft. Guess who? Guess who they picked the last time they had a pick in the top ten? Who? Gerard Mayo. That's pretty cool. At number ten overall in 08. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like how weird is that? Because yeah. we're not used to them picking where they're picking, mm-hmm. and now they picked the coach who was the last guy they picked when they were this bad. That's wild. That is bizarre to me um now the familiarity you have when people get hired now maybe not so much in sports but in regular life like if you have familiarity with people like the crafts know this guy like he played Mm -hmm. his entire career in new england that Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for that what do we always say when if the buckeyes were to have a vacancy is oh find somebody that either grew up in ohio or loves the buckeyes or played for iowa state like everybody wants that feeling he made two pro bowls and won a super bowl there as a player so you get that instant 
He's one of us. He gets it. Oh, He's lived it. He is already on the staff. He was the linebackers coach. Like, yes, it's seamless, right? What happens in our business sometimes? One, why do why do the people always say, well, he's got a foot in the door. Mm. The foot in the door is a big deal yeah. because it makes it more seamless. It it feels like that you're not just in a total reset. But I'm with you on the brand new message kind of thing. When you've bottomed out, and this is certainly bottoming out for New England for them, yeah. and what their history has been. So, you know, Vrabel, the timing of it is odd. Because experience that you have with Vrabel as a former coach of the year not long ago, the experience he has with the organization, like that's the other part is you could check both boxes with Vrabel. Um, And now my mind... Isn't he in the Patriots Hall of Fame? uh, Yes, he is. He absolutely is. Now my mind goes to, because when when you bring those things up, I'm with you on Vrabel. Like maybe through back channeling, they found out he wouldn't be interested in the job. No way. I'm just saying, like, why would they not interview Mike Vrabel before they would go out and say Gerard Mayo is our guy when you just laid out good things about Vrabel and he's been there and done that? Why would they not talk to him? I don't know. They can't think. Yeah. Maybe they do, but I would be shocked if they think that Gerard Mayo is a better head coach right now than Mike Vrabel. I don't get that. There's nothing that Gerard Mayo has over Vrabel other than he's there already. Like that's yeah, it. I, I don't. And here's the other thing: you're you're handing this guy, you know, the keys right now to an organization that doesn't have a quarterback. Maybe they are in a bridge mindset that we don't think we can be good right away, and maybe this is the coach that kind of leads us. Let's give him a chance to lead us out. If it doesn't work, we take another swipe at it again. But. You have Vrabel out there. Like, even if Vrabel was still the Tennessee Titans coach, I would almost expect the Patriots to be calling his agent and saying, hey, like, let's try to work something out. Yeah, it'd be like if you and I were running a restaurant and our head chef left and we have this nice sous chef available, but also out there on the street right now, Bobby Flay's available. But we're not going to interview Bobby Flay, but we're just going to hire the sous chef because he's in-house. I don't think that's good. Those ingredients, baby. I don't know. Just, I don't I'm know. Not I'm not seeing the vision right now. I'm not either, and it's just odd that they would do this. And like you said in the beginning, this isn't to say that Gerard Mayo doesn't have a chance. And by the way, it's a it's a very good hire in that he's so young and that this is a chance for this guy who's been there, and he is the number one candidate in-house, and you always do want to consider in-house at times. But And, 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 also, and I guess he's turned down some head coaching interviews last year. And he decided to stay. I don't know how serious those were. It's because he but, probably knew that, Bill, you know, maybe my mm-hmm. time is coming sooner rather than later. And also got to leave room for Bill signing off on Gerard Mayo. And I think Robert Kraft big part of it. valuing his opinion and saying, okay, like obviously there's some good candidates out there, but what do you think? And maybe Bill said, you don't need to look anywhere but right here because Gerard Mayo is the next great head coach for the New England Patriots. I'm all for giving guys a chance. He's been around He's been a strong candidate. I think you said it correctly. They had to tap into Bill and say, we value your opinion. Yeah. And hopefully he gave him something very honest and wanted this guy, his guy, Mm -hmm. to get launched up. And maybe it helps keep the cohesiveness of that staff as well. Remember, you got to bring in a new coach. Everybody probably goes. Yeah. Right? If I'm a Patriots fan, get all the offensive guys out of here. (laughs) And that still may happen, yeah. but I, I just think... It, it probably will. There'll be some changes, but... Hope. They better hope. Yeah. They better hope. You know what's interesting to me, and we'll get to the picks 
in a minute, but that may be part of it because Brian Belichick and Steve Belichick are both on this staff. And I'm wondering if Mayo getting the job secures them still. Maybe so. And and I think maybe even bigger than Gerard Mayo is going to be who is Kraft going to hire as the GM now that Belichick is gone. That's going to be a big deal. The big deal is picking these games against the number. We'll do it next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice, NFL Picks. All right, CB, we got the Super Wild Card. We got two games Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. Here we go. Let's get the current spreads going and where we all stand. Yes, but before that, let's give an update on the final records for the college football picks that we did throughout the season. A very tight race throughout the season, but AR, you finished at 59 and 40. Mm. Matt, you were 52 and 47. So both in the green. It's all that matters. Exactly. All that matters. Good year out of you, big dog. Both of us well over 500, Mm -hmm. feeling strong. Let's do the NFL. All right. On to Saturday. The Browns are a two-point road favor over the Texans. So nothing would shock me here. I don't think we're in that mode. Um, I think Cleveland getting beaten badly would certainly shock me. Um, but the Browns are laying the two on the road. Um, I don't think the spread will come into play. So this is just basically who I like to win the game. Um, I, I think if the Browns win, they will cover that. And that's where I'm going with this. Um, there's one stat, and this is maybe C.J. Stroud, Matty, is the one guy that can counter this stat. Talk to me. The quarterbacks that make their first playoff start versus quarterbacks who have serious playoff experience, it doesn't go well for those guys making their first start. Against the spread, straight up, over the last 20 years, it's been bad. Flacco versus Stroud is, you know, the first of these matchups we're going to have, this being the case. He's been very good. He throws it around. Stroud's going to have to throw it to win it. I don't see their weapons and their defense coming up huge. The only thing that really changes this for me is if Flacco pulls a Flacco and he turns the ball over and makes some stupid uh, turnovers in this game that keeps Houston in it because Stroud is the real deal. But I'm going to err on the defense here, and I'm going to go with Cleveland. This was a very, very tough one. I'm going to lay the two. Okay. Okay. To add to your Joe Flacco nuggets there, Flacco is 7-5 in road playoff games in his career. He's tied with Tom Brady for the most road quarterback wins of all time. So he's comfortable in this situation. So he'll pass him with a win. Incredible, right? Wow. Absolutely insane. CJ and D'Amico Ryan is the first rookie head coach duo to win their division in the Super Bowl era. A lot of good stuff going on in this game. But this game, to me, has to be about one man. And it's got to be about number 95. Miles Garrett, this is why you show everybody the reason why you're going to win Defensive Player of the Year. All this noise about this young, hot quarterback, and he's earned all of that noise. C.J. Stroud has. But there's a reason why 
Miles Garrett is talked about as one of the best because he's earned that. But these are the stages to where he has to deliver. The Browns have lost five. Five of their six losses this year have come on the road. That ain't happening tomorrow. I'm laying the two and rolling with the dog. Yeah, now. will they be able to pressure the way they do at home? Will they be able to do that on the road? I will tell you this. Stroud did not throw a pick in 146 pressured attempts this season. Think about that. I mean, that's the most attempts without a pick by a player under pressure since Rodgers years ago. So that would be a reason to go with Stroud, but you and I are both laying the points. All right, next up is the night game on Saturday. The Chiefs are a four-and-a-half-point home favor over the Dolphins. If you guys hadn't heard, it's going to be cold. Just want to make sure everybody knows that. It's going to be cold. So sick of hearing that already. This Miami-Kansas City game, we've seen that already this season. and It didn't go well for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins were 3 of 12 on third down back in week 9 against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Dolphins' defense is so beat up. I saw Mostert, Waddle, those guys have done a little bit of practicing. It's still up in the air whether or not they're going to play. It's been hard to trust Kansas City all year. I know the offense has been a mess, but I just think Vic Fangio has his hands full. Top three pass rushers are out in this game. That's a problem going into Arrowhead. Taylor Swift's going to be in the booth doing her thing. I'm laying the four and a half. It's a decent amount of points in a a frigid game, I'll tell you that much. Um, I am a little worried about things that keep cropping up for the Dolphins. Now Tyreek Hill's dealing with a new injury. Whether that's going to, and this is his revenge game as well. So now all of a sudden he's got a little, what is it, a quad, an ankle, I think? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the sprained ankle there. We don't waddle, who, by the way, practiced last week. He's been listed as limited all week. Um, I give them a fighting chance here. Actually, earlier in the day, I was ready to take the four and a half because I think in a cold game where I don't trust Kansas City's offense, four and a half may be enough. Can Tua wing it around in that cold? That's another problem if Tyreek's not his guy so if he's not at 100 percent um you're probably right this could be a 17 10 game or something like crazy low scoring with all those miami injuries uh boy i really want to take these points but the injuries just it's too much and i don't trust tua mahomes is the difference they could win by five or more that wouldn't surprise me i'll ride with you with casey on to Sunday, the 1 o'clock game in the snow globe that will be Buffalo this weekend. The Bills are a 10-point home favor over the Steelers. So it's a lot of points, again, with weather. And I certainly think Buffalo's going to win the game. I would be very surprised if Pittsburgh won the game. But covering the 10, if the Steelers can run it and take a little heat off Rudolph mm-hmm. and make this a, a real weird game, and if it's that windy, and they're talking about crazy wins, now you reduce it to running versus running, and I think the Steelers actually can cover the 10. It did. I didn't feel good about this till I heard about the weather. The weather is the, the tiebreaker for me. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in the 10, but I think Buffalo wins. So no T.J. Watt. That's a big bummer, obviously, for the Steelers. However, I saw some encouraging news about Mika Fitzpatrick. It looks like he's going to pop up in this game on the back end of that defense. I'm going to take the 10 as well. I like where Mason Rudolph is. I like the the run game right now for mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know me. I don't trust Josh Allen, even though he's played pretty well this year. I'm taking the 10 and rolling with Mike Tomlin. All right, the 4.30 game on Sunday. The Cowboys are a seven-point home favorite over the Packers. I still don't know what to do with this game. Mm. The Green Bay Packers are a young, hot team right now that is doing some really good things. We had another cornerback get hurt in practice yesterday. Jair Alexander, when we left, got hurt in practice. I am going to... Mm. The Green Bay Packers have some great young ballers on offense. I just don't know if they're ready for this. Dallas has been incredible at home. I'm laying the seven. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. This one is... uh, I'd like to see the Packers... 
uh, take this into the fourth quarter. I just feel like the whole key is their running game. They have to take heat off Love. He's been very good, but they've got to run Aaron Jones. The Cowboys rank 29th in rush defense as far as success rate, so that's the second worst among any playoff team. Only the Eagles have been worse. Um, I can't go against Prescott and CeeDee Lamb at home. They've been just too powerful at home. Mm -hmm. Seven sounds like a lot with the way Love is playing, but the Packers are allowing a lot of yards per attempt, especially to guys like CD. We're going to line up in the slot. So I'm going to take the Cowboys and lay the seven. All right, the primetime game on Sunday. You have AR's Lions. They're hosting the Rams. It's Lions minus three. The only thing that worries me in this game is that the entire world is on the Rams getting the three. That's the only worry. Um, it was the same thing with Bama and Michigan. The whole public was on Bama. They lost the bet. Um, Campbell puts Laporta out there. He has the knee injury. I hear it's improving. Is he going to be complete 100%? Probably not. And by the way, that's probably the biggest weapon they have is him against that Rams defense that gets eaten up by tight ends. They're also not very good against the run. I just don't see a scenario here where this game isn't close unless somehow the the Lions just run all over them. And Jameer Gibbs, you know, every time he gets the ball, he rips off about 10 yards. But um, I just think Stafford coming back, he's playing at a very high level. Puka's a... Just a nightmare to cover. This has to be a close game, so I have to have the points. The big issue for me when it comes to the Lions is the back end. And Stafford and Puka and Cup, that's just a massive issue. Stafford ranks top five in explosive plays this year. The Detroit defense ranks Mm. in the bottom five in giving up explosive plays. And you have to respect Kyron Williams, who's been a heck of a running back for them. I'm rolling with the Rams. They got the better quarterback, the better head coach, and better experience in both those guys as well. Campbell's never been in the playoffs. Golf, last time we saw him, he put up three points in the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Rams. Give me the three. All right, Monday night, the Eagles are a three-point road favorite over the Buccaneers. So since the start of December, the Eagles are 1-5. Tampa is 5-1. The Eagles' defense has been giving up 30 points per game. Tampa's defense has given up 16. Baker Mayfield's going to win a playoff game, and he's moving on to the next round. I'm going with the Bucs. Give me the three. Yeah, I think this is a – sometimes I felt like this was – a bet either against Philly or against Tampa. It's not for anybody. I'm not putting any of my real money on this game. This is a game I will not bet. It just, I can't figure out either team, and I'm going to go with taking Tampa and the three at home because of A.J. Brown with the knee, because of Hurts' finger, because of the way they are psychologically. I do leave a hair of room for that the Eagles somehow just needed this. They needed one-and-done season to say this is it. We're either going home or moving on, and maybe they will go all out. It's the injuries. Baker, too, not being perfect Mm -hmm. might affect, but this could be a very ugly, stupid game, and I'll take the home team. So we're the same. Some interesting playoff news just dropped from Adam Schefter. Ravens designate tight end Mark Andrews. You're kidding. To return from injured reserve. Wow. Print the shirts. No, no, no. Don't do that. What? That's a... uh, the big boost. The big boost. While right I was there. making my pick, I looked over and I see some fist pumping going on over here. And I didn't know whether, like, Fish told him he could take the rest of the day off <laughs> or something. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> nah, nah, um, all right. News. So we're locked in. CB, um, see, CB didn't share that news. You know, you see, he doesn't like to share oh, that no. news when it comes to money. There's no breaking news sound. He would have all special effects going if this was for the Brownies. All right. We will come back and do overs and unders. What's wrong with him, man? It's Friday. <laughs> He's a freak. We'll come back next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. A lot of hosts have been on our airways in the past 30 years. Some good, some bad, some really bad. Anyway, sorry for that. The f- 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice presents, presents Overs and Unders. Sponsored by Buyer's Mazda. Buyer'smazda.com. Come see why it's better to buy at Buyer's Mazda. All right, CB, what have you cooked up? For over-unders playoff edition. Yeah, just looking towards the last week. It was a good Ooh. week to take all unders if you did. With that being said, uh, AR, you went 3-3. Three and three. Matt, Ooh. you went 0-6. Just a, a disgusting performance wow. by me last week. What, what was I doing? Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have your back for a quick second because I know one of them was Dak Prescott's over-under, and it was 280.5, and I took the under. Yeah. Because of their their road stuff. It wound up being a blowout against the Commanders. And I don't know when he exited the game, but I do know he had 279. That ain't right. That so, ain't right. As I like to say, and my brother likes to say when it comes to gambling, there's a right side and there's a wrong side. <laughs> and there's no moral victory there when it comes to gambling. And I definitely was on the wrong side, but we're going to bounce back this week, man. We're going to bounce back. Let's One of the go. great times on the show is when I was saying something to you about gambling. You said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, turn to that microphone, say I'm sorry, I apologize, and I'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What do you right. got, CV? All right, first one, James Cook for the Bills. is rushing over under 64.5 against the Steelers. This has been my guy. I just don't love it from a rushing standpoint. Like uh, the swing passes and all that stuff. I, I know they have found something again with him here. And I just, he's had days where he shatters this number. It is going to be the cold, windy game where you'd want to run it. But he's not like a workhorse guy. So i tell you what, I'm going to err on the under on this on this side. He could still have a decent day and go under this. So I'm going to take the under. And we're not getting Gabriel Davis for the Buffalo Bills in this game. So one less weapon in the passing attack. Mm -hmm. And Allen and Diggs, those guys haven't been connected here recently. So maybe the Steelers can focus a little bit more on the run game. I'm going to go under as well. James Cook has been really good for the Bills this season. But in this game, I think the D-line, front seven, those guys down in the box, even without T.J. Watt, can hold up and uh, slow him down a little bit. What would be interesting is maybe going with uh, Josh Allen's rushing yards over. Ooh. Like if this gets a little squirrel. I wonder what that number is. Go ahead. I would personally like the two total touchdowns for Josh Allen if they get down to the one yard line. They're they're not they're Correct. trying their version of the push. Yeah. Um and he's been scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns that way. Uh but Joe Flacco will be our quarterback this week. Is over under for passing yards versus the Texans is two sixty eight and a half. C B he's so locked in right now. He he's so locked in. Last time we saw Flacco play against the Texans is in, is when Amari put up two sixty five, the most receiving yards in a game. This season, I'm going to go with the over. I think they're going to allow him to sling it around. I think the offensive staff's going to trust him because he's a veteran. He's been in this spot. Just got to avoid that boo-boo. He's had those, you know, those couple throws that are interceptions or throws that haven't turned into interceptions that may, you know, maybe they should have been interceptions. Just avoid those and he'll be all right. I got confidence in Flacco right now, AR. I'm going over, man. It's probably not a bad call to take the over in an indoor game here. Um, I think the difference is we can't really look to 
their previous game because the Texans' two starting edge rushers um, are back, correct? And I don't think they played in that first game with uh, with them. Will Anderson Jr., um, who's second on the team in seven sacks, sat out a game, I think, versus the Browns with that ankle. Yeah. So he could be under some serious pressure here, but I do feel like they're going to have to throw the ball. It feels like both quarterbacks could hit their overs in this. So I will take the over. I think if the Browns get into a, a weird game, they're going to trust him to throw it. And Cooper has made it pay off. So I'll take the over as well. All right. Our receiver this week is Amon Ross St. Brown. His over under for receiving yards versus the Rams is 88 and a half. Yeah, this could be a shootout. This They could go back and forth in this game. And he's their guy. This is a, a catch and release type of guy. He's going to get passes in every way, shape, and form, and then he can turn them into big yards. So it's a big number to get him over 88 and a half, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, the Rams are right there in the yeah. middle of the pack in the league this year with passing yards allowed. They're giving up 231 per game. I like what you said there. I think we're getting points in this game. I think we're getting a little bit of an up and down game here, which I'm always here for. Sign me up for that. I'm going to go over for the Sun God. Well, if you think that, let's do the highest over-under of the weekend. It will be that Rams-Detroit game. It's at over-under 52. Yeah, give me the over. Just absolutely give me the over in this game. I know Laporta's a massive question mark for the Lions, but you still have some good weaponry around Jared Goff. Yeah, give me the over for that. Yeah, I mean, this feels like it has the 30-24 to 24 kind of feel, that kind of game, so I'll take the over. All right, next up is the lowest over-under of the weekend. That will be the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. It's over-under 35 points. This does have a little bit of a uh, sluggish vibe to me between these two teams. But 35 ain't that much. I'm actually going to go over in this. I think we get beyond that. So, so let, me, let me do a quick little deal on Orchard Park because I think the weather is what's going to put me either under or over in this game because I, I've we've heard about snow, we've heard about wind. It's so it looks like they're getting one to three today. And then when is this off. game? This game is Sunday at one o'clock. Oh, yeah. Be bright and sunny out. Yeah. It's the wind okay, so very windy, late uh with lake effect snow accumulating additional six to ten. Let me throw this by you. We had elements last year when the Bengals went up to Buffalo, and there was 37 total points put in that put up mm-hmm. in that game. I'm going to take... Boy, I'm worried. We took the 10 with the Steelers, so I kind of need this to be low scoring. So if I can get kind of a... What do I need to win that bet, though? Need kind of a... What kind of game do we need? Like a 23-14 kind of game? And then that would keep us under. Uh, That would put you over. That would put me over. All right, I'm with Maddie then. Over. All right, the final one. Will you guys go the same for every single one? We'll find out. Uh, Enjoy the warm weather this weekend. It's going to be cold starting on Monday. But the high temperature over under for Saturday or Sunday being at 30 and a half degrees. So he's basically pinned it down to tomorrow. Because then the bottom is going to drop out. Mm, Not ready. Just not ready. Um... I'm going to go under. Oh, man. That's where we're at, huh? <laughs> I'm 30 and a half. Just, just to have an opposite pick. Yeah, give me do the it. Over. <laughs> nice.
Boy, that's not fun to think yeah, about. I'm not looking forward but, to it this week. But, as I always say, I mean, we're already in the middle of January, so we skated as long as we could do it. Mm. Uh, we bought as much time as we could, Maddie. Who, uh, we'll have pressure cooker in the second hour. Uh, we'll come back with Saban responds and the retirement. Why now? You'll hear next. Rothman and Ice and the fan. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond. Second hour of the program, Rothman and Ice. Glad to have you guys with us going into the NFL playoff weekend. Jonathan Alexander, the Houston Chronicle at 133. We'll get a little bit more insight on what the Texans are bringing to the table against the Brownies. Um, just like Nick Saban plans on doing, um, when Matty Ice leaves here one day, and maybe he won't, but if he does, you know he'll keep an office here in the building or at least a cubicle. Um, Nick Saban is planning to keep an office in the stadium after retiring so he can you know, get away from it all and just hang out. Didn't Coach K do something similar to this? Then he still has his office down there, Duke or something like that. CBA, he's still lurking in the weeds, which is always like if I'm the next coach in line, it's a little uncomfortable, right, to have the icon still just hanging around with an office. It's Come on, man. I don't know if the over-under on how many days he would actually spend in that office would be weird. Maybe it's just, hey, you're around. We we don't want to kick you out but here's the deal it can't be the same office the next head coach is going to get the office i would hope yes they're not giving that guy sorry nick's like listen he's always here nick a very nice man he always here no that's not happening um so after 17 seasons he hangs it up we talked about this a lot yesterday but he sat down on sports center and went to determining factors and all this. I don't... There are some times where he could easily kind of talk about this era and say that this is that he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. The only problem with saying that is it undermines the sport and it undermines the next guy with the job, right? Because if I'm leaving because I don't like college football anymore mm-hmm. or I don't like the fact that the tail's wagging the dog and players don't want to come here with heart and compete. It's all about money and what we can give them. It's no longer about uh, developing and education and all the stuff that we all were touting for years. I doubt he would ever say that. Um, but let's give you a little take on uh, his Sports Center clip on the determining factor. Why did you decide that this was the right time to retire? No, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach. Because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever. And that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. 
And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, it was a real grind uh, for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Took a little, little more out of me than usual. And you know, when people mentioned the health issue, it was really just the grind of, can you do this the way you want to do it? Can you do it the way you've always done it? and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season. And if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future, uh, the way I, I think I have to do it, I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances that, like I said, there's never a good time. Uh, but I thought maybe this was the right time. It's fairly commendable, and I would say that if you're out there saying, well, he's lying, I wouldn't say that's that was accurate. I think he may be just omitting some other stuff. I do think that's a big part of it. A guy getting into his seventies and trying to enjoy the next 10 to 15 years of his life, the way he wants to do it. Now, the other counter to that would be, well, there's nothing more enjoyable for him than coaching football and being around it. But think about the dynasty and all that and the championships. And for him, it is, if we don't win the last game of the year, it's not a successful season this year. It was in that, he pulled off an outstanding coaching job, even though he didn't get to the to the end of the road here. I, I was just a little surprised in that it feels like, you know, his team next year could be as strong or stronger than this year. And most coaches do want to leave off of maybe you don't want to leave your next best chance on the table. But maybe, Matt, he was so satisfied with the coaching job he did this year and getting them to another SEC championship. Remember, he retires off an SEC championship, which is big for him and the CFP appearance. I just thought, man, you're always going to get talent. You guys are always going to be able to buy talent. And now you're going to a 12-team playoff. The amount of bites of the apple he could get on championships now would be crazy. Not really leaving it up to committees and all that. Um, seating would be a factor. And then you're playing maybe extra game. But um, I, I actually take him at his word that he got to the point where it's just it, it took a lot out of him. And then the then you add the stuff about the new era that we're in. And it probably did not motivate him to stick around. Remember when I was asking you guys, like I or saying I would love to ask Nick Saban that if you win it all this year, where would this season and that team stack up for you? And I think we just heard that if they would have been the last team standing, he probably would have been proudest of this team. Because the, the key word in all of that for me in the clip we just heard was grind. And the the what he is used to doing has become so much harder whether it's because the rosters aren't as dominant as they used to be whether it's the portal stuff whether it's nil this is a 70 year old plus man plus 70 year old man plus that has gotten to the end of the road that still probably has that fire there but man that fire can get dimmed down a lot when you have to deal with a lot of the things that are swirling around college football. So I completely understand him walking away. He has nothing else to prove. Nothing else to prove to anybody. His name will always be brought up as one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time. So now here we are with Alabama having to fast forward. Mm -hmm. And since we left yesterday, there's been some definitive answers. Dan Lanning, he's not leaving Oregon. Steve Sarkeesian He's not leaving Texas, and we found out within the hour that Mike Norvell down at Florida State is not only staying, but CB, what was the extension that Mike Norvell got? It looks like it's eight years for 10 mil a year. So doesn't look like he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon with what he just built at Florida State. And the latest tweet from Pete Thamel is that Washington coach Kalen DeBoer is the focus of Alabama's search. 
So we shall see if they can pull him out of Husky land. And if you're Kalen DeBoer, I'm losing Michael Penix. I'm losing Adunze. I'm losing Dylan Johnson. Now may be the time to leap. And he had a scheduled uh, radio segment this morning with a Seattle station that was canceled. There you go. So when Pete Thamel is saying that he's the focus, I don't think anybody should be surprised here soon if we get news that Kalen DeBoer is the next head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're not taking yourself out, that means you are still in. Yeah. That's all I would say to that. And I, I agree with CB on the fact that they may be buying time here to figure out what's going on to see if Washington can match or beat uh, this offer. I feel like he is, of all the candidates, a pretty strong one. He's proven it because he's the guy that worked his way up and got to this point. And now, um, is he ready for this leap? I don't know. Uh, Bama's a whole different beast. I'm sure he'd want it. Why wouldn't he? It's a lot of money. It's a big program. What do coaches want more than anything? Money and talent. And he'd have it both there. To continue this run at Washington would be very difficult. Um, they'll be competitive. Big Ten, all that stuff. I mean, and going to a, an expansion, you kind of love it. All these teams love it. I, that's why the only thing I called out Nick Saban about yesterday was his, you know, the, the pain is not leading to competitive balance. I think it's the exact opposite. I think that certain schools now are getting players that they wouldn't have no business being able to recruit. But now they can get money from the outside. A kid who may only want to go to a traditional powerhouse is like, wait a minute, the deal's better if I go here. Um, so, I hear you on that, but think of our last three national champions. It's still the usual suspects. You know what I'm saying? Georgia, Michigan, like it's still kind of Bama. Well, was they, in the do have, they do and, have all the money too, though. I mean, those big programs have a lot of I money. I know. I guess I just, I don't know if we've seen a massive shift because of NIL. I still think the main players are going to be the main players. Here's the deal why we don't know yet, because we don't know which teams would be able to actually pull an upset yet. Like, because we've only gone four deep. So we don't know whether if, um, trying to think of a team if, if an old miss team got into the playoff this year would they have wrecked it a little bit or could they have yeah. could they have pulled an upset um, speaking of old miss you surprised yeah. that they didn't sniff around lane kiffin a little, little bit yeah with him being surprised. there and, well know. yeah i mean he has by the way been all over that bama job i mean he was saban's what oc i mean this guy's he was there for a while and he's done a really solid job at Old Miss. Mm-hmm. The guy's won almost 30 games three years. He's got a pair of New Year's Six appearances. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. He's got a really good team coming back at Old Miss. Well, but you're right. Absolutely. Sean Junkins. Without him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, no I, I'm with you. I think he was... Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Why isn't is he not on the list? He isn't taking himself out. I just he? haven't heard his name brought up at all. And maybe it's a contract situation to where the buyout's ridiculous and there's all just kind of you know tough details to get mm-hmm. through to get out of a job like that because I saw stuff floating around about Dabo and his buyout and how complicated that is. And I haven't seen anybody, the Pete Thamels of the world, that have reported anything about Dabo or Lane Kiffin. So now here we are with Kalen DeBoer on deck. Kiffin hasn't really pulled off the big wins since he's been out of there, like I think he's stacking up wins, but he doesn't have that big powerhouse win on his resume to say this guy can deliver in big games. Mm-hmm. That may be the one thing that's holding them back. Uh, the Dabo thing, that was the big one, right? I mean, he was, to me, an obvious choice, but now, you know, he's one of those guys that has fallen out of favor now as far as his ability to be that guy because I, I it, if he was still winning at a decent clip, and this is a guy from Alabama, 
played at Alabama, coached at Alabama. Like it, he was the uh, that to me is the the big surprise of all of this is that Sweeney has fall, fallen so far out of favor that the fan base was chanting the other day. I don't know where this was, CB, but it was like anybody but him. <laughs> like that's the odd part, and maybe it's because oh, his slant towards NIL. Anyone but Dabo. Say it with me. Oh. Anyone but Dabo. Okay, this is amazing. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear if you're him. That was outside the stadium by the Nick Saban statue. And I can't blame those fans for feeling that way after what Dabo Sweeney has displayed at Clemson the last couple of seasons. It's the portal and the NIL stuff that he's stiff-armed publicly. He's not in. So the fans are like, wait a minute, you're going to come here and try to go old school again? <laughs> Um, now he can build things. He can he can do that. He would have to adapt, admit any, and he would have to adapt or die at this point. Because yeah. if that's his dream job, which in a way I would think, why wouldn't it be? Now, following Nick is not the greatest thing, as you pointed out. But if you're a guy that's been born in Birmingham, that played there and coached there, I, this seems... I, I mentioned the, it. I've won two national titles. Like, to go back to your alma mater and deliver, look what Harbaugh just did. I know. Um, I Because I, I, I hear you on that, but I mentioned this to you guys before we left yesterday in the office. Like, I don't know if going home is always the easiest slash most... Your lifetime comf- office? Most comfortable thing no. to do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, not... It, it, it's, yeah, but it's the way you draw it up in your mind. Imagine you get to go back to your alma mater and try to win a title. I know, but the pressure is yeah. ridiculous. The when, money helps when ease the that. pressure. Well, you're, you're right about that. We got some goodies to give away. We're going to do it right now. We have four tickets to Sunday's Ohio State women's basketball game against Michigan State. 614-821-9710 is our phone number. Earlier, I referenced Blockbuster. And then AR, oh. my man, brought up another store from back in the day that was similar. What was the name of that store? Mm. 614-821-9710 is the number. You get it right. You're going to see the Ohio State women's basketball team take on Sparty on Sunday. I'll give you a little hint. I spent many a day off in the 90s at this place. Oh, Many a day off. Put in PTO just to go, huh? No, no. My regular days <laughs> <Okay>. off. <laughs> Wasn't taking vacation days to go here. <laughs> oh, man. But many a day off where I'd pull into that lot and go, you know what? I'm going to log a few hours in this place. Hmm. It's going to happen. Interesting. All right. We're going to come back. Jonathan Alexander of the Houston Chronicle. Will Flacco have to deal Not with... Yeah, big dog. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at under pressure. My Next bad. Big dog. I wanted to get You're to excited that. excited about the game. No I really am. I get it. Oh, it's Friday. It's cold. Rothman and I My brain froze. <laughs> if you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. Ah, the meatloaf! The fa- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice present Under Pressure. All right, CB, we have a winner, correct? Yes, we sure did. Daniel in the Capital Area, he is going to the game this weekend because he knew it was media play. Well done, my man, Dan. Media play was outstanding. 
where I could go comb through DVDs and CDs and then wander over to the other side of the store and pick up some book about dinosaurs or something weird. Mm. Um, it's It was a store, I believe, that was founded by a store called Musicland, and then they had everything, Maddie. The old laser disc you would have loved back in the day. You miss those Blu-ray. We continue. Those Blu-ray DVDs. Those were crispy back in the mm. day. And then now I see 4K, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe those Blu-ray, Blu-rays weren't as great as I remember. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, no, he's not even involved in this. Go ahead and lead us off, big dog. Who are you putting on the pressure list this week? Um, I got to think about this for a minute because I was just in my mind about those dinosaur books about all the money I lost oh. on the Sun TV stock while I was <laughs> well, I'll lead spending us off days you, over there at Media Play. If you need a little bit of time, <laughs> I will lead us off. And I am going with the defensive coordinator for CB's Cleveland Browns. Jim Schwartz, come on down, big dog. You telling everybody here recently that, hey, I want to be a head coach. I just don't want to be a defensive coordinator. Maybe he's earned it. But you know what would help you become a head coach is taking out the offensive rookie of the year. I was very excited about the hire. He's had a nice track record of coaching up really good defenses, and he's shown us that for the most part all season long. But this is the game that he was brought in to win. When we get to the next games, mm-hmm. we shall see. We'll keep moving the goalposts at that point. But at least for now, Jim Schwartz has to deliver and draw up something that's going to confuse the young fella. So I'm going with the D.C., for the dog pound, Jim Schwartz, and I'm putting him on the pressure list. All right, I'll do a coach as well, and I'll go with uh, Nicholas John Sirianni. Mm-hmm. I think his uh, the Eagles have lost five of their last six. They started the year 10-1. and one. Now, if he completely flunks out of the season, loses to Tampa, he may not survive, especially with the options that are out there right now in Belichick and Vrabel. I mean, they got rid of Doug Peterson, and that team actually won the Super Bowl. What do they can do to this guy mm-hmm. if he doesn't win it? His resume has been very impressive. I'm not going to deny that. He's got the three straight playoff trips. The trip to the Super Bowls I mentioned last season almost won it, which would have bought him a lot of time if this thing implodes. But this year's team, in my mind, was expected to be a title contender again, and the team has instead collapsed down the stretch. When you're supposed to get back to the Super Bowl and you don't, it's almost worse than not being expected to win and being really bad. Uh, He demoted his defensive coordinator. He handed the play-calling duties over to Matt Patricia. This is all on him. So they've been atrocious defensively. So I think Nick Sirianni needs to make sure he gets a playoff win. And if he does, then maybe he gets the buy-in that's been lacking. We'll see. But this is a big one for him. Huge. Absolutely. I'm going to the NBA for my next one. And I'm calling out Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Jamal Green. There was a report that came out yesterday from Sean Sharania that said everybody is available outside of number 30, Chef Curry. Draymond, Steph, Clay, this is how you guys want to go out? You want the dynasty to end this way? They're the 12 seed right now in the West. Four and six in their last 10 games, and they've lost two in a row. We know the drama that surrounded this team in large part due to Draymond Green, but this has been a core along with Steve Kerr that we've watched for years now, have a ton of success. They just won another title just a couple years ago. But it seems like, AR, there's a lot of leaks in the boat right now. Steve Kerr and the GM maybe not seeing eye to eye with the vision of the team, but the core three is the reason why that brand will be talked about for years and years. But it seems like it's over, and tonight they are playing your Chicago Bulls, and the Mm -hmm. Bulls have won three in a row. Steph, Clay, Draymond, I'm putting you guys on the pressure list. 
All right, I'm going to go with pressure on one Jared Thomas Goff. He was the throw-in quarterback in the Stafford trade. Stafford gets the Rams a Super Bowl. Goff gets the Lions their first home playoff game in 30 years. Now he's got to deliver what Stafford never could, a playoff win in Detroit for Detroit. Now, we're three years into this trade. The numbers are unbelievable. You know, both, I think, have won exactly 24 games. Really? They both completed 66% of their passes. They both have 41 turnovers. It's, it's almost, it doesn't even make sense. Stafford has the 75 touchdown passes. Goff actually has more with 78. But Stafford is coming back home. He should not be a welcomed guest in a playoff game. Bag the tribute mm. crap until later. Come on, man. Goff's second act has been great. Former number one overall pick, went to a Pro Bowl last year. I think Stafford's a Pro Bowler this year, though. Pressure is on Goff to deliver a win and win part due mm-hmm. of the trade battle. I'm putting it on Goff. That's a good one. That's a good one for sure. Last guy for me is a man born on July 29th, 1993. He stands 6'2", 238 pounds. He was drafted in the fourth round, pick 135 by the Dallas Cowboys. Number four, Dak Prescott. Come on down, big dog, because this is the moment. You got paid a couple years ago. You've had a tremendous season. You've been awesome at home. 73% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns to three interceptions at Jerry's World. But here comes Jordan Love in the Dallas and the Green Bay Packers. Dak Prescott, you got to deliver, man. Because if you don't deliver in this game, nobody's going to remember the great season that you had. I'm looking at number four for the boys, AR, and I'm putting him on the pressure list. I like that. And, you know, I think he's destined for maybe a chance to make amends against the Niners. Maybe that's his destiny, but he can't look ahead. We can. He can't. So I like that one. Uh, I'll go to the ices I like to do. The LA Kings cannot buy a win right now. They've lost seven in a row. Now, all seven-game losing streaks aren't created equal. Six of the seven have been one-goal games. Four of the seven have been in overtime, two being shootout losses. Mm. Their power play is now dipped. They're under 20%. They can't hold leads. Does that remind you, anybody? Um, their line combos, they're shuffling, rotating defensive pairs. Does that sound familiar? The Kings now, the difference between them and the Jackets is the Kings are still holding down a playoff spot in the pack. So I'm not going full panic, but here comes Edmonton. Edmonton's won nine in a row. Ooh. And they're now just three points back of the Kings. L.A., to me, they were a top three team right out of the gate. They've been there so long. They're struggling to find their game right now. Three more roadies coming up. At Detroit, they're a fighter. At Carolina, they're good. At Dallas, they're good even without Ottinger in the net. So I am actually going to put the pressure on the L.A. Kings. They're bleeding right now. Seven in a row for a good team is, I mean, imagine what happens if uh, if we lose seven in a row. It's like burn the building down. This team actually could go win it all. And they've lost seven in a row. Pressure's on, yeah. baby. Pressure is on. All right. Those are the ones that are going into the cooker. All right. As uh, I mentioned to you a little bit earlier in the program, Jonathan Alexander <laughs> of the Houston Chronicle is up next. And the difference between this game and the last game, it's not just reserved for quarterbacks. We'll tell you why next. Rothman and Ice on the fan. Three dudes who will make you feel like the smartest guy in the room. Yeah! We aren't swaggled, you good. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The fa- For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Always as tender as a well-done steak. This, this is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back in. Big, massive game. It leads off Wild Card Weekend with the Brownies at the Texans. Um, certainly a sequel to what they did earlier. However, C.J. Stroud, the absolute dis- difference maker, and he's at home. So this is going to be a wild ride. Jonathan Alexander, Houston Chronicle, with us covering the Texans. He's on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Uh, outstanding. It's a tough, tough game to handicap, right? Because maybe you can give us a little bit of insight on um, a couple of the starting edge rusher, rushers who missed all or most of that Browns victory earlier in the year are back. How much of a difference maker is that in your mind? Yeah, I think that's a tremendous difference maker because Will Anderson Jr., he had missed that first game, didn't play at all at seven sacks this year and was among the top rushers in the league at creating pressures. And then you got Jonathan Bernard who leads the team with 12 and a half sacks. He'll be back. But both of them will be limited. They won't play full uh, games, but just having their presence there, even for – 20, 30 snaps is a huge difference because behind them, uh, there's a significant drop-off in, in who plays behind them at edge. But when all of their starters are playing, along with their two starting defense tackles, they have a really good defensive line set the single-season record for 46 sacks uh, this season. So I, I want to start on offense, and obviously CJ has been tremendous, but I want you to shine a light on, if you can, the name Bobby Slowick. Uh, because this is a name that I don't know has been talked about enough and maybe the impact he's made. Let our listeners know the impact that he's made on CJ in the offense this year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Bobby Sloak comes from the Mike Shanahan tree, uh, coached under Mike Shanahan in Washington, then Kyle Shanahan was passing game coordinator with the 49ers, and, and we all see what the 49ers offense has been able to do. And, and a lot of those guys who come from the Shanahan tree and have success in the league. You, you look at Mikey McDaniels, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, I'm missing one person off the top of my head right now, but a lot of those guys are really at the top of their game. And Bobby Sloak learned under them, and he's kind of made things a little bit easier for CJ. CJ Stroud is interesting. Uh, one thing Bobby Sloak said, uh, he doesn't, CJ doesn't have uh, line protection. So he he's actually doing less, he has less responsibility. Uh, with the Texans than he had with Ohio State. So that's just allowed him to flourish and, and focus on hitting his passes and, and focus on, on you know, finding the open man. And, and C.J. Stroud could do a lot of different things. He, he even does things out of, outside of Bobby Sloak. But ha- having Bobby Sloak, a guy who knows how to create explosive passes in the passing game, has helped this offense out tremendously. Jonathan Alexander with us from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, covering the Texans, they'll be playing the Brownies tomorrow afternoon. So, listen, this is one of the most wild stories of the year, correct? Houston was left for dead this year. This was an absolute rebuilding year. They bring in Stroud. He was going to be the biggest impact, and certainly he has. But, you know, here we are with uh, Tank Dell being out and putting so much pressure on CJ to be the guy. He's handled it this year. What about the first playoff game? Does that do anything in your mind to affect his mind? Because he's handled everything this year, but are the playoffs kind of a wait and see in your mind, or do you think we'll see just more of the same from CJ? 
honestly, I think you see more of the same. You know, I, I actually, so it's, it's funny. We were talking to D'Amico Ryan's a while back, and um, you know, he said he he tries to draft players who play at high profile programs um, because they've been in situations like this before, like Alabama, the Ohio State. They play at the college football playoff level where there are huge crowds and huge fan and a lot of fan base watching you play every week and there's a lot of pressure. So yeah, I, I think CJ, I think he actually gets it. He understands uh, how to handle pressure. He's been through a lot of pressure in his life. I've written about it count, uh, countless times. And I, I don't think this moment will be big for him uh, because he just, he knows that never once this season has he let anything uh, get the best of him when it comes to pressure situations. So I think it'll be more of the same here. So last time the Houston Texans saw Amari Cooper, Amari absolutely went crazy. He was uh, standing on business out there, man, with 265 <laughs> and two touchdowns. What's been talked about this week from D'Amico Ryans and the defensive coaching staff when it comes to trying to slow down this aerial attack of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, they, they felt like they just played their defense. Uh, they didn't play it well. A lot of guys weren't in the right position. They had a lot of injuries, too. Like one of those particular plays, that 75-yard touchdown, um, Steven Nelson, their starter, had come out of the game, and they put D'Angelo Ross in over on Amari Cooper, and Ross hadn't played a single defensive snap all year. So, you know, they'll have Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson, who are healthy this game, and uh, they have to play a lot better uh, in the zone defense, especially when Amari gets in the slot. That's where he was his most effective and against backup guys. So, They'll be they'll be mindful of him. I doubt that they'll try to double team him or anything like that. But they just think that if they play their defense correctly, then they can be effective against him. Usually, when the Texans are able to prepare for somebody twice, they usually have a they usually improve. So I, I, I wouldn't expect Lamar to have two hundred sixty five yards. But he's a talented guy. No question about that. Uh, yeah, you got to learn your lesson on him. Um, tell me what you think Houston's going to get out of this running game. Singletary had a pretty good game against Indianapolis. Stroud runs only when he has to, but it's really the Stroud-Nico Collins show usually. How much do you feel they have to get out of this running game tomorrow to win the game? Yeah, I mean, the Browns are an elite team against the pass. So they can't rely solely, the Texans can't rely solely on on C.J. Stroud to to bail them out. So they're going to have to get some uh, consistency from the running game. Usually when, when Devin Singletary is running for 100 yards, or more, I think the tech. I think the stat is the Texans are four and zero, so they know that that's a, a major key. They tried to run it on the Colts, but the Colts were prepared, and then CJ beat them over the top. But the Browns aren't going to let teams just pass for three hundred yards on them. Um, I don't. I don't know if they've done that all year, but maybe once. Um, so I think uh, the Texans are going to have to run the ball effectively if they want to beat the Browns. So I think the perception for some when it comes to the Houston Texas is Texans is that there's a lot of youth. You got a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, a stud on the D-line that's a rookie in Will Anderson. But who have been some of the vets this year that maybe haven't gotten their flowers but should get their time in the spotlight that have helped this team get to this moment? Yeah, I think Sheldon Rankins is a huge one. Eight-year vet at defensive tackle. He really helped this run defense become what it is top 10 in the league they were they were sixth worst in NFL history and they finished 10th um sixth in the league uh this year that's a huge turnaround and I think that has a huge part to do with Sheldon Rankins another guy Blake Cashman is a vet uh who who's been a really good linebacker for them 
Nico Collins on offense has been huge. He's a guy who, you know, I just wrote a story on him. Um, he's playing like a number one wide receiver, 1,297 yards and eight touchdowns. He's Without him, uh, you know, the Texans wouldn't be where they are. And, uh, and that's just a, a credit overall uh, to C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans and, and, and putting this team in the right place. Should be an outstanding game tomorrow afternoon, Jonathan. Thanks so much for the insight and breaking it down, man. Enjoy it. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Jonathan Alexander, Houston Chronicle on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. He did say one thing, and I was trying to think who that was. Was it Minshew that threw the 300 against him? Remember that high-scoring game early in the... Was Gardner cooking against them? Uh, who who had been the other quarterback? I'm trying to think. I find that for you, big dog. Was there, is, was there more... I heard him say in the interview, he goes, I think... No one's thrown a 300 against the Browns all season. He said maybe one guy, and I started thinking. Well, Minshew was doing that shoulder dance. Would it have been him? And then what about in the – so was it – it wouldn't have been your guy. Gardner went for 305. So he did do it. Shout out to Miami. Was there anybody else? I would be very surprised with what we've seen. The quarterbacks that they've played um, didn't seem like much. Staff did Stafford do it? I'll tell you right now, because they killed, they Two, beat the Browns pretty badly. Two seventy nine. Two seventy nine. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm looking up and down their schedule, and I'm trying to think of their of the quarterbacks that they face. It's rare, man. They're yeah. a, they're elite. They are very elite, and it looks like the Denzel Ward scare yesterday wasn't that bad. So maybe he's going to be out there tomorrow afternoon. And yeah, when you can roll out Ward and Emerson and the rest of those DBs, man, it's going to be a challenge. It really is a challenge. And that's why I think it's a, a good question that you brought up with the run game and how effective can that be? Can they make the Browns defense respect that? But if it, Because if you can't, then you get Jim Schwartz in a situation where he can just let Miles and that D-line hunt and start doing some funky things on the back end that could throw off C.J. Stroud. So I think this is a uh, it's a pretty even matchup across the board. I just think advantage Browns defense is the thing that keeps jumping to the forefront of my mind. But we've seen this Browns defense go on the road in spots throughout the year and look not as dominant. So maybe, it, right? maybe that shows itself too tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, the way Jake Browning's girlfriend was jumping up and down in the white bodysuit, you thought he may have thrown for five hundred. You noticed last that, huh? week, but apparently it was only a buck fifty-six. Oh man! Yeah, hey, uh, yeah. I think uh, they've sold a few of those. Apparently, oh, it wouldn't be surprised. for those that that can fit into that. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, that was that was quite the scene. I wasn't sure whether that was just rando fans, or but then I realized it wasn't. I think she had like the little. Six on there, whatever his number is. Oh, it was I a think, hold. I think that was wifey, you know, maybe from back in the Washington days, you know? No question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Would have been a better story if it was just Rando fan. Just well, loving on Jake Browning. Then who was the announcer? Who was the guy announcer? Was it Al Michaels back in the day? Who am I Brent Musburger. About? Brent Musburger. Yeah. That's that. AJ McCarron. Yeah. That. What do you Catherine Webb. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the web we weave. Jake Absolutely. Browning found a home in Cincinnati. They can't let him out of the building, right? Show some good flashes yeah. behind Joey B. Pick the right backup. There you go. All right, we'll come back with a Buckeye Bulletin. Were there any coaches that uh, sacked the Buckeyes in the final poll on the way out of the door for the season? We'll let you know next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Buckeye Bulletin time. Uh, you know, we talked about the NFL and the rosters and all that. I'll get to that in a minute because there are a bunch of Buckeyes that will be playing this weekend. But wanted to see where some of these coaches put Ohio State in the coaches poll. And I'm not here to tell you they didn't deserve to be, you know, outside the top ten. You could have made a case. However, it usually goes with wins and losses, right? If Ohio State would have been 11 or worse in the final AP, then they then the numbers wouldn't have worked because they would have been then lower than a three-loss team. The math ain't math. And that's a very odd thing to do for coaches. They usually just go by mostly the records. And so, however, Florida State in the final coaches poll, I believe, was sixth. That's the conundrum, right? Because do you, this is the way you can reward them for their season but not make them the be-all, end-all because Bama was ranked in the final coaches poll, higher than Florida State. Mm. And they had one more loss, but they lost to the national champions. So it makes sense to have Bama above Florida State. Um, I think the the polls were pretty pretty good. I would say, so where was Ohio? Ohio State was 10th, so their little string of uh, the top 10s continues. However, I looked at some of these lower ones. So where do you think, have you looked... I'm looking right now. Okay, it's too bad. Yeah, he's ready, was, he's ready to quiz kid me on a Friday. Well, no, no, I, I had to swap that. No, out no, of here. it was not. It, it was not a trivia question. It was more like a how. What was the lowest ranking they had amongst coaches? Who put them? So one, you're, you're a crafty vet right here because you're phrasing it differently, but it's still coming in the form of a quiz. That's what you did. Yeah, do. what was the lowest <laughs> ranking that someone put them? Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, that I don't know. Beautiful. I'm looking at Even the rankings. Better. See, what happened is I did kind of a, what the bosses do to employees. They put the important stuff at the bottom of a long email. <laughs> See if they read Because they know you're not going to scroll down that far. <laughs> I may have fallen victim to that a few times. Mm-hmm. I think the lowest that they had them ranked AR, I'm going to say 17. Oh, wow. Some, that's very low. Somebody was a play no, no, Nobody sacked them that Nobody badly. was being a play hater? I mean, you're going to put them with the four-loss teams? You asked me. I gave you my number. No, I'm just saying, if somebody did that, uh, Terry Bowden of Louisiana Monroe put him at 13. Okay. That's the lowest. Okay. Um, Your your boy Mike Gundy had him at 12. Twitter. Hey, he was on one that day at that presser, wasn't he? He was on one. Okay. Those are the bigger... Oh, Brady Hoke had him at 11. Where's Brady San at Diego the, State. San Diego Not State. Not a bad place to be. Yes, uh, Texas, now huh? retired yes, San Diego State. That's coach. right. He gone? See, here's the thing, AR. With these coaches' polls, man, like even throughout the season, how much are the coaches watching all these teams? 
You know what I'm saying? I'm sure if well, some of it's like Brent Key of Georgia Tech was watching them a lot because he had them finishing seventh. Okay, like what he saw. Because you have to imagine some of these guys have either worked together before, so you got a buddy here on this staff, buddy there. Let me just throw him a bone and put his team like, are these <laughs> coaches really tapped in that much to everybody else? Well, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. If Brent Key of Georgia Tech had Ohio State ranked seventh, where in the heck did he have Missouri? He couldn't have had him at sixth. Where did he have him? I don't know. Oh. But that's what I mean. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Because Missouri obviously beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They had the same record. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be curious to see. Mike Loxley had Ohio State at eight. Um, James Franklin had them at nine, the same place that Ryan Day had his own team. Mm-hmm. It looks like Brent Key had them at nine. Had him at Missouri? Nine. So you had Ohio State at seven and Missouri at nine. He may have looked at it like yeah. they didn't have Kyle, they didn't have yeah, Marvin, like you can bake in whatever reasons you want to. But this is the final coaches poll of the year. Let's just go ahead and take that men in black little thing and just fire okay. up that little Mike button. Mike Loxley and- had Missouri at eleven, so he really liked Ohio State more. Mm-hmm. Very down, interesting. Gotta hold it down for your own conference, C B. Absolutely. Huh? Um, let me give you a little bit of. Oh, by the way, the guys that are in the on the Brownies roster for the Buckeyes, we got Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister, Denzel Ward, Luke Whipler, Dewan Jones, obviously on IR. And for Houston, it's Noah Brown, Cam Johnston, mm. uh, the great punter, and then of course C.J. Stroud. Okay, uh, but there are a ton of others. I mean, it's. Uh, you got Malik Harrison with your guys with the Ravens. Obviously, Dobbins is IR. Um, I think that's it for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anybody on Green Bay? Yeah, a couple of linemen, Michael Jordan and Josh Myers. Speaking of Green Bay and Buckeyes, we got to give Corey Lindsley some love. That news mm-hmm. came down a couple days ago, and we just had so much going on with Ohio State. We didn't mention it, mention it, but he is walking away from the game uh, due to health reasons, I believe. I can't remember exactly what that is off the top of my head, so forgive me for that. But Corey Lindsley played 10 years in the league. A very, very successful career at center. You played with Aaron Rodgers. You go over the Chargers the last couple of seasons. But just wanted to give Corey Lindsley his flowers, man. I know we don't talk a lot of offensive line stuff throughout the year because it's a hard thing to identify for a lot of us. But, yeah, Corey Lindsley, a career he should be very proud of. A uh, little breaking news for Ohio State, Ooh. and the comeback train gets another passenger. We got I uh, mentioned this yesterday. I thought this was going to happen, and JT Tuimoloau is coming back for a senior year. Okay. Uh, he announced it on his Instagram within the last few minutes, so uh, you like to say another one, <laughs> and they're coming back. So he had. Uh, if, if you gave me the over-under on his sacks for this year before the season and you gave me like seven and a half, I might have gone higher than that. He had five sacks this year. But this return is absolutely huge for him So and for the rest of this team. Uh, this is pretty awesome. Uh, this is the guy who has just worlds of potential to be a game wrecker. He single-handedly wrecked that Penn State game to the point where it was a one-man wrecking crew. And now he's back. So as I mentioned a few days ago, if you felt like, I'm not telling you not feel mad or heartbroken or whatever it is, angry about this season, you have every right to be. Um, that they didn't finish the unfinished business. Mm. But this has got to warm your heart a little bit. This is one of the top defensive ends in all of college football. 
He's going to be a massive candidate for major national honors coming in 2024. And so he's coming back. Huge, man. Huge. You get Ty Leak back. You get Jack Sawyer back. And now you add JT and Denzel Burke and Jordan Hancock. Like, defense should be rock solid. I know Jim Knowles has to be very happy about this alongside Coach Day. But for the defensive coordinator to know that a lot of the guys that I had success with last year, they're going to come back. And now as a defensive play caller, you can add new things that veteran guys should be able to handle within the system. This is a big deal. But now they just got to go out there and finish the job, man. They got to finish the job. Or like Cody Rhodes is trying to do, finish the story in the WWE. They got to finish. That is today's Buckeye Bulletin. All right, third hour coming your way. We'll come back with a Sports Center update here at the top of the hour. We'll get to a deep dive. Could the coach of the year come down to one game? We'll tell you next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. All right, back at a third hour. Jeff Lloyd locked on Brownies at 233. Don't miss his breakdown of the orange and fudge. Uh, They got heavy, heavy lake effect snow and gusty winds that are coming in across Lake Erie, Maddie, Lake Ontario, the Finger Lakes. Um, The snow bands are going to be churning. Travel is going to be at a nightmare level. So the NFL, I guess, is monitoring all of this, as it does for all the games, for certainly the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. It is going to be uh, nasty. Now, the Arrowhead game, I don't know about snow, but it's going to be really, really cold. And so, listen, I'm not that mad about taking the Steelers in those 10 points. I think they've been running the ball as good or better than the Buffalo Bills. Um, if Allen wants to sling it around in that mess, let him try to do it. So this is kind of where we are. It's it's a beautiful little thing when you get football in the snow like this. Is it? It is. For the playoffs, it is. Especially is it? when you get two East Coast teams like this. Yeah, like, but if it takes away from the game, like that to yeah. me, I hate. I absolutely hate when we get to the postseason and you have bad weather games where it gets to the point to where teams can't really operate in it, that's not an enjoyable watch for me. Like, flurries and snow coming down, but we still can get up and down the field and all that. Like, that I'll take. But when it's a monsoon or just a complete blizzard, like, nah. That don't work So you would think that I would be the leader of this club. The absolute lead. Like, you would think I'd be all over this and... Because when my team, the Vikings, had a chance when they were trailing the Seattle Seahawks 10-9, when Bud Grant went out there in a short sleeve shirt to flip the coin, mm. and you're thinking, this is unbelievable. That's when the Vikes um, were outdoors in that game, and we got the Blair Witch Project, Blair Walsh missing that PAT with the laces in or whatever. Ha- mm. Like, you got to be kidding me. 
27 yarder. We're going to hook that thing. So you're right. I should be that guy, but I do like this game being played outdoors this time of year in the playoffs. You want to climate control that thing for a Super Bowl? Great. But why do we always automatically say, well, why doesn't anything slant towards the defense ever? Are we so, because all I hear is people being hypocrites. Well, oh, the game's turned into flag football and nobody this and that. And the quarter. Here's why. Here's why. Because defensive games are boring. Let's just be honest. But not in the snow, they're not. Those are kind of fun. It's still boring. Like for us casual fans and guys that haven't played at the level like Bobby Carpenter and A.J. Hawk and James Lord, like they may enjoy those games, defensive players. I'm sure they do. But for me as a fan, I'm not trying to sit here and watch a game that's 10 to 3. No, it's not fun. Like I'll, I'll go back to watching Next Level Chef over that. Oh, wow. It's a great show, by the way. It really is. My shout out to my guy, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I still think uh, ugly NFL football is better than most. Um, I do like snow better than rain, that's for sure. But I do like a little bit of a slop fest every now and then. This just—I think it just reminds you of being a kid. You know, you're going outside. If you grew up in the, you know, a cold climate like here or wherever, Chicago, you know, you're going outside. You're playing in the snow. It just—it has that feeling. I've always loved that about it. But you get to the Super Bowl, I get it. I got memories you of know. getting hit in the face with ice balls. Okay. Wow. That does that. That didn't sound very. Funny what happened to, to that kid? He had a little beef with me, you know. I had a little beef. With I me. know. Did you ever settle that beef? Yeah, I ran him over when we played football. Wow! Oh, that's it. all. I thought he ran yeah. him over in some other way. Better believe I got my wow. re- got my revenge. Back off him, Maddie. Yeah, I did. Out. I drove over him, then I backed up. Um. All right, Beansy. Let's get to the uh, <laughs> oh, the situation man. here at hand with the how to win NFL Coach of the Year and how we should all bet on it. Um. So, basically, when you look at Coach of the Year. Um, you got to look at it in a couple ways. One is the improvement factor, mm. right? The amount of wins, because it usually takes a minimum of five to seven, five, I would say five, minimum five wins, probably five to seven to launch you from the year before to now to get you to be eligible. Now, if you don't check that box, what's the Browns record this year, CB, off the top of your head? I believe it's 11 and, 11 and six. six. So you guys won seven last year. So you wouldn't hit the the window of that, but that doesn't matter because you've got the the big trump card, which is all the injury, injuries, multiple quarterbacks, and everything like that. D'Amico Ryan's the Houston Texans won three games last year. Mm. They're ten and seven, <laughs> so they go all the way to a plus seven in the win margin. Now the adversity is a big part of it. Losing your best players. Can you keep the team in the playoffs? Look what Stefanski has done. Coach of the year doesn't usually go to the best coaches like on paper, but instead it goes to usually the most improved team or the team that's dealt with the most adversity. Guess who checks both boxes? The Browns check the adversity box. Houston Texans check the most improved team box. So who do you give it to? And you brought this up before the show. Would this one game matter to me? Would that be my tiebreaker? Um, it'd be hard not to have it affected because it's just so razor thin right now. You might have to give it to, and the Houston Texans are the underdog in this playoff game at home. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to pull it off, uh, that may be the tiebreaker. I wanted to make sure that none of this stuff is voted on before the playoffs. I do believe that this go this trails into the playoffs. Okay. So we wouldn't just be doing it now. So that one game would matter. Yeah. I could be I could be wrong about that because these are tough with the awards on whether they include 
the playoffs or not, but my gut tells me that it will. The favorite seems to be Kevin Stefanski. Oh, wait a minute. I'm wrong. End of the regular season. It's done. Yep. It looks like if, if I'm reading this correctly under the rules, as against the rules, um, you get the so the nationwide panel of media votes on this. The NFL uses the AP's award as its official one, though I guess several other outlets also give it out. But the AP is the official one. You pick, yeah, one guy. So they're only, yeah. So and and it says when do they vote? End of the regular season. And it's probably going to be Kevin Stefanski. It probably is. But in our fantasy world, if the voting wasn't already in the in mm-hmm. the books, I wonder how they would have been affected by tomorrow's game. Because there's just no denying the, the head-to-head stuff when you see it, right? And how that can change your emotions if you're a voter. R- remember last year when we had that Joel Embiid-Nikola Jokic situation and Embiid didn't play in that head-to-head game? And there was a lot of voters in the NBA that were upset about that because they thought Embiid was ducking Jokic. That way he could protect his MVP, like if Jokic would have played against Embiid in that game, who never knew and played well, who knows how that could have gone and how that could have swayed voters and maybe Joel Embiid doesn't win an MVP. But I don't think regardless of the result, if we're staying in our fantasy world here, that you should take away what Kevin Stefanski did. Because to me, when I look at Coach of the Year and some of these other you know, awards that are out there, I, I like to look at kind of the coach that did a little bit more with less. And to me, that still is going to come down to CB's guy and everything and all the hurdles and the speed bumps and the roundabouts that he had to go through to get this team to the postseason. He is deserving of that for sure, even though D'Amico Ryans has a tremendous case. But when you stack up Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb and your tackles and just the list goes on and on, he's the guy. He should be the guy. Mm. Yeah, I'm not in the should camp, but I'm okay, obviously, if it happens. I just think it's too close. Who is the should guy for you? I don't think there is one, is my point. I think that you have two very, very worthy candidates here in D'Amico Ryans in his first season and what he's done with this team. He had to take a rookie quarterback who turns out now looks like to be the a can't-miss guy. Yeah. I don't know whether we should fault him for that. He still had yeah. to get this guy coached up. Um, they're, this is unbelievable that they are where they are hosting a playoff game. Um, but Stefanski, as you mentioned, to me, it's almost like, yes, he got an experienced quarterback, but look at what he's had to do to keep this thing afloat. Now, the defense helps. I, I cannot say that. Yeah, but Flacco's all, been putting up explosive numbers. He, he has. It hasn't been like, to me, he's, he's skating by with like, you know, a buck 80 here and 210 there. One, like, He's been balling, mm-hmm. man. He's been playing at a high level. Yeah. I mean, he could be, he's a comeback player of the year. Like, he's that guy. But I feel like I would have zero problem with either one of these guys getting it. Um, but I'd probably vote for D'Amico based on first year with a rookie quarterback and not having near the defense the Browns have. That's all. It's just a it's just a personal opinion. No, I mean, um, and that's what you have to yeah. do. You're splitting hairs because yeah. all these guys are worthy of winning. Yeah. So that's just whatever is, you know, jumping out to you is something that's striking, roll with it. I give you one plane ticket. Where are you going this week for the playoffs? Oh, definitely Buffalo. I'm kidding. Um probably wouldn't even get there. Um 
I probably would want to be at that Lions Rams okay, game because I was going to say I'll put you up in a booth and wherever you want to be that way you don't have to worry about the elements. Mm-hmm. But you're going to go Rams Lions. Feels like Rams Lions could be the most exciting of the games mm-hmm. if you were able to somehow. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you don't I, actually. I don't. I don't want to overthink it. That's the one. Certainly, Browns Texans would be fun to be at because I think that could be a very close game as well. But mm-hmm. um, there's something about that Rams Lions game that just has everything. Story. It has lines. the golf revenge game. Yeah. It has the Rams being probably the biggest value team right now. Stafford coming back there. He's never won a playoff game for them. Mm. Now he's got a chance to win one against them. <laughs> the year that they win their, you know, have their first home playoff game in 30 years. Yeah. Like I am very much rooting for the Lions, but I've hedged this off your team? with a future on the Rams. You know, Stafford's going to be feeling good too. He's probably going to wake up in one of the old beds. He probably still got a crib up in Detroit. If I had to guess, you know, I'm just going back to your old stomping grounds, man. Like I'm with you. I might hop on that same PJ with you as well. But there's some about this Green Bay Dallas game that has me intrigued. Just because this Green Bay Packers offense right now, man, you you better be locked in, Micah Parsons and company. Like, Jordan Love and his playmakers have figured something out. And I know they've been out of sight, out of mind for probably a lot of people. But this is an offense now with Aaron Jones running behind that offensive line. Like, it ain't going to be easy, I don't think, for Dallas. And I know they've been tremendous at home. And you mentioned yesterday or earlier how good Dak and CeeDee Lamb have been. But I just can't wait to see how Jordan Love operates in that building under the amount of pressure he's going to be under because he's been playing some good ball recently. He really has. All right. So it's bet three, six, five time. And I have cooked up one on bet three, six, five. I did this earlier. It's, it's a conservative one, but it's a fun one because I need a lot to happen, but they all probably should happen. You ready to hear this one, Maddie? Talk to me. That's what I've cooked up on bet three, six, five. Amari Cooper to have 50 yards receiving or more. Nico Collins to have 50 or more. So we're going 50-50. Lemon lime. Lemon lime on Nico and Amari. Okay? Mm-hmm. Flacco to throw for 200. Oh, man. And Stroud to throw for 200. Okay. So the both quarterbacks throw for 200. Both number one receivers get 50. Those are correlated gotcha. in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add, and this may be a little bit tricky, but I think it's going to happen that both quarterbacks throw a touchdown pass because if they're both going to throw for 200 and each guy, I'm going to have both having at least one touchdown pass. And then I'm going to have both teams scoring 15 or more in the game points wise. So that's my parlay and it gets me to double my money. It's plus two ten. So it's, it's a same game parlay on bet three, six, five, which I absolutely love doing. And so it's Cooper Nico at 50, 50, Flacco and Stroud, 200 apiece, 15 points each for each team at least, and each quarterback to lob a TD pass gets me to plus 210. I like it. I'm doubling down on two Browns. I'm going Jerome Ford anytime touchdown and Amari Cooper anytime touchdown. I hit you with my Njoku earlier in the week. I think we get at least... 20 plus, what is that, 21 points for the Browns there at the top of my head? The math is mathing on that, I believe. So that's what I'm going with. Jerome Ford, Amari Cooper, the juice on fours, plus 125. Amari is plus 130. If you guys want to sign up for Bet365, you can do so at oh.bet365.com. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Iowa, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF. Terms and conditions apply. 
Because whatever the sport, whatever the moment they are, it's never ordinary at Bet365. When we come back. Mm-hmm. May the odds be ever in your favor. The room off I blame that on, you know, we got a break. Um, <laughs> okay. I was rushing to the break. <laughs> will Travis Kelsey make a swift exit out of the playoffs? And will this be his last ride? Get it, boys? Rothman and Ice and the Fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Rockman and Ice present Free Snap Reads. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Reinventing men's health care. Alright, we'll do uh, some brownies talk with Jeff Lloyd here bottom of the hour. No Travis Kelsey. No, I didn't want to say it that way. I meant that he will not stop playing football. So that is not going to happen. I guess this isn't going to be a swift into the retirement with Taylor and get married and all that stuff. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs star made it pretty clear during his news conference that he will not be hanging it up regardless of what happens this weekend. Quote, I have no reason to stop playing football. Mm. I thought he had kind of a decent amount of reasons, right, from a physical standpoint. What was I wrong? Didn't he wasn't there something on this like a month ago where he was contemplating retirement, whether it was on his own, whether it was on the podcast with the brother or I didn't hear anything like that. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, but I didn't hear anything about Travis Kelsey in retirement. He's thirty four years old right now. This year has obviously been a down year by his yeah. standards, I guess, but you're still talking 984 yards and 93 catches from Travis Kelsey. It just hasn't been many explosive plays. And here recently, it's gone the other way. You know, you look at the last six games for Travis Kelsey, and it's 91 yards, 81 yards, 83. And then the last three games for Travis Kelsey, it's 28 yards, 44 yards, and 60, 16 yards. Excuse me. So that is a uh, it's an eye-opening number for me. Uh, and look, and we know Andy Reid's going to have a, ge- a great game plan drawn up against the Dolphins tomorrow, but Pat and Travis got to find a way to get back on track. So I did remember it correctly, and it was right before Thanksgiving. Travis Kelsey did an interview with the Wall Street Journal. And during that conversation, he revealed that retirement is constantly on his mind. Quote, more than anyone could ever imagine. He goes, that's the only thing I've never really been open about the discomfort the pain Mm. the lingering injuries about the pain the 10 surgeries i've had that i still feel every single surgery to this day all right there you go i mean so he did actually talk about it now if he's a till the wheels fall off guy that's great go for it i'm i'm all that if if he loves the game that much man he can still suit up and do what it takes to get out there and play and then recover and keep playing I wonder if they were able to get to the top of the mountain again with this team and they won it all this year, whether that would change his mind. Because that's a legendary career and a chance to go out on top. He might, 
And no one would know that until it actually happens because you don't know how you're going to feel about that. He can love the game all he wants, and a lot of these guys do. It's a matter of getting prepared and be able to rehab and get back going. He is such a big, big part of what Mahomes needs this year. So I've heard former players say that when you start thinking and talking about retirement, you're retired. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the all season brings. He has nothing else to prove. I talk about it all the time, though. I still, I'm still here. Yeah, you still got checks to cash. I'm man. still here. Well, don't about, these guys? Ar, you're about getting the bag. Don't these guys? Some of them. It's tough to walk away from that. Yeah, yeah, but he can walk away, and he'll walk right into can immediately when he's eligible for that. He's one of the best tight ends the game has ever seen. His story is really cool. Cleveland Heights guy went to Cincinnati mm-hmm. and. Has uh, oh. turned himself into one of the greats, man. No, the only thing that I found interesting about it is if late November, you're thinking about it more than anyone could ever imagine, and then now you say, I have no reason to stop playing football. Well, you just said a month and a half ago, you had plenty of reasons. The injuries, the pain, the surgeries. They are. So, you know how these athletes and coaches are, man. They say one thing. The wind blows yeah. the other way. <laughs> They're pro- like I always say, coaches and players are professional. What liars. I wanted to hear him say was, yeah, I'm starting to think about my life after football. I found myself a great gal, and it's time to settle down and listen to some music and go to some concerts. And he didn't say that. She'll be at the game. Will she? I would hope so. She might be like, hey, Travis. She's got a reserved seat in that box and in that booth now, she right? Might be like, Travis, a little too cold for me. In the luxury box? You know what I'm saying? Hey, you still got to walk in and out. Still going to feel it at some Drive point. right inside, right underneath, elevator up. See, I don't think she. The only reason why Ar can say that. The only reason why he can say that is because he gets that treatment. No. When he goes over the Jackets game, he ain't parking with the normal people. He's parking right next. to I him. mean, let's be honest. If he was Wrong. going to that Lions game, he wouldn't need you to, for you to get him a suite. He could just call up That's Spiels. Exactly. Oh, Spiels is gone. By the way, we didn't even talk about that. He is going over to Washington, I believe, right? To be no, in, Rick in there. Oh, Rick, yeah. not Chris. But he's that's the Spielman I was thinking about. But Rick I is you're about to break. Some no, news no, no, here. not Chris. No, right no. before the playoffs, his bro, his bro. Yeah. I'm talking about Rick. But yeah, yeah the uh, Rick. Rick's back in the game. Yeah, and uh, I think he is. What's the? I need to find out the exact title for him over there. I want. I want to get that right because I know that they brought in Bob Myers, who is a basketball mind, um, with the. Golden State Warriors, they haven't updated it yet. I don't know. I don't know his uh, the official title, but I, I saw some. Am I wrong in this? Isn't he doing something with the Commanders? Or am I just no, talking? No, he, th- he he is. Okay. He's probably like consulting on like GM hires and whatnot. Gotcha. Okay. A consultant. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the exact title. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay. All right. Keep on that, man. I thought you had something going. I was like, whoa. There goes the sweet ticket all the way to the commanders. Um, but yeah, Travis Kelsey will not have his last ride according to his own source himself. Okay. All right. Those are your pre-snappers for today. We're prizing it up now or are we waiting? We can prize it up right now. Winner will, will receive four tickets to the Cincinnati Boat Sport and Travel Show January 19th through the 21st and January 24th through the 28th at the Duke Energy Convention Center. Earlier, CB spun a little clip from fans down in Tuscaloosa, and they were making it known <laughs> who they don't want as their head coach. Who was that coach? 614-821-9710 is CB's hotline number. You get it right. You're going to the Cincinnati Boat Sport and Travel Show. Will the Brownies have who they need for their first playoff game? We'll ask Jeff Lloyd next.
Rothman and Ice on the fan. One, two, three. Here in the fan is always football o'clock. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, Browns, and all the NFL games you can handle. The fan. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. True to his name, Matty Ice wears a winter coat in the middle of summer. He lives the gimmick, man. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Brownies on their way. To the whole planet Houston, and they're getting ready to take on the Texans again. This is a different squad they uh, faced the first time because Stroud will be back and the edge rushers rushers are back. Um, And then what's going on with the Brownies injury-wise? We bring on Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Browns host with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Jeff, good to have you back. Uh, you guys as well. Happy New Year. Happy playoffs. I think we're all kind of getting excited, right? How You know what? You're right. We should start with that because the way the Browns have played this year, it's almost was, to me like a foregone conclusion, but it really wasn't. I mean, this is a team that certainly was, you know, right there kind of hovering at 7-5 and five and needed to have this good run at the end of the season to, to feel good about this. Um, how do you feel about where's your confidence level right now? And what you, what do you believe is their ceiling in the NFL playoffs? Um, I think the way you look at this, and you know the Browns, you know, and uh, obviously we need to talk about this with Joe Flacco, and this is kind of where it all turned around. Um, and even though the first start in Los Angeles, you know, I did end up being a loss. I don't think anybody was really expecting Joe was going to go ahead and reel off four straight victories, but with doing that. You know, you were able to get, obviously, some core rest for a lot of important players. It'll be 16 days for Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, and all those guys who didn't play in Cincinnati before they, you know, finally suit up again on Saturday. That's probably a big advantage for them. I think the whole story of this year is just, I mean, you think about tomorrow, you know, Joe is their fourth quarterback. Their backup quarterback would be the fifth quarterback that came in this season. Um, you know, when this season, you know, ultimately ends, I think it's going to be a great story. But, look, defense travels in the playoffs. It always has. Um, the offense has um, been able to open up like we haven't seen it during the Stavansky regime because they are able to throw the ball successfully deep, and that has probably been the one thing that we have not seen on a consistent basis in the time that Kevin Stefanski's here. So, look, I mean, you know Baltimore's the number one seed. You've already won it one, one game there this year. Um, so you, maybe you're not that nervous if you have to travel there. I think if the Browns play the football that they are capable of, you know, anybody can you know, basically blow out a tire at any point. But if they play their game for 60 minutes the way they have for the first 17 games, they are capable of beating any team in the NFL anywhere. Jeff, uh, you, you mentioned Joe Flacco and the high-flying attack right now that the Browns can you know throw at a, a defense. But how are you feeling about the rushing attack right now for Kevin Stefanski and that offensive unit? Well, this is where it does get interesting because obviously the Browns did struggle at times this year. The last legit game you look at from Cleveland was the Thursday night against the New York Jets 
ran the ball successfully that night. Um, I do love the fact that you have a rested Wyatt Teller, you have a rested Ethan Posick, you have a rested Joel Batonio. The Houston Texans the last two weeks have struggled mightily against the run. The Colts hang over two, hung over two bills on them that last Saturday night. Now, look, the Browns do not have a running back capable uh, of the skills of Jonathan Taylor, but they do have decent running backs. That would be a huge advantage for Cleveland. As much as Cleveland loves the play action, and it's worked a lot with Joe without the presence of a running game, the fact that they could actually put up some positive yards, find a way to get over four yards per carry, that would just probably open things up even more for the Cleveland offense, also doing their defensive favor uh, by having C.J. Stroud be more spectator than player. All right, so Denzel Ward, number one corner. Uh, how serious is this injury? He had to cut his session short on Thursday. Well, the Browns elevated two players today from the practice squad. Obviously, Riley Patterson, the kicker, as we all knew. Um, one I thought maybe was coming with Pierre Strong being questionable. John Kelly did get elevated, so we'll see. They did not elevate a corner. Mike Ford, the special teams guy, he has played a lot of corner this year for them. He's questionable. Denzel Ward is listed listed as questionable. They did not bring up a cornerback from the practice squad. So I'm hoping and maybe thinking that that probably bodes pretty well. And a little bit I got made it sound like, you know, once Denzel said, oh, my knee, they just said, get out of here. They were not going to take any more gamble after that. I have to believe if they say he's okay and they think he's going to go, that they think he's going to go. How much of an advantage do you think Jim Schwartz, Miles Garrett, and the defense have in this game? because C.J. Stroud didn't play in the last matchup? I think the advantage is for the Browns. Look, the Houston offensive line, that is the one spot where they are not where they would like to be yet. You know, last year, obviously, big investments. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, big investment, of course, in a Will Anderson, the pass rusher. Uh, the whole offensive line is going to be a work in progress over the offseason for them trying to improve it. Um, you know, Ogbo Ankaronkwo is back. Um, Alex Wright has got a lot of meaningful reps over the last few weeks, four straight games with a sack for the second-year defensive end, who's really starting to come on. Zadarius Smith had two sacks in the game against Houston the first time around. Miles Garrett is more healthy. Ogbo is back. <clears throat> I think you're really going to have C.J. Stroud in a tough spot here. Um, and, yeah, he was there, and he saw the game unfold, obviously. But it's a whole different ball game, and he has probably not seen a front defensive line pass rush like he's going to see. Plus, the other thing is the Browns are so good in the secondary, they can play cover zero, they can play cover one, because that's the type of ability they have, which just enhances the pass rush opportunities that they can to try and rattle the young rookie quarterback in his first playoff start. Talking with Jeff Lloyd, locked on Browns here on Rothman and Ice, Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. I'll leave you with this one. Is there an X factor? Is there a guy in this game that I'm not thinking about that might have a, a fairly big impact? Is it a, a David Bell, a Kareem Hunt, an Elijah Moore? Is there somebody that kind of breaks out for this game, other than the usual suspect, which is obviously Amari Cooper? I think David Bell is a terrible answer. He's not the one I'm going to go with, but I do love David Bell coming in confidence-wise high. Cedric Tillman out, David Bell coming in off his best game as a pro. Yeah, it was week 18. It didn't matter for Cleveland. But for the um, Cincinnati Bengals played their top defensive backs. you got to think if you're Houston, you're trying to take Amari Cooper away. And that leads to how you're going to handle David Njoku. But look, those routes that Amari Cooper ran against Houston that he was successful on, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore can play vertical. He can play as a deep receiver, um, and you can't cover everybody. So if you want to take away Coop, you want to take away David Njoku, 
And things like Elijah Moore probably could get some deep opportunities here. Um, was feeling good, obviously, after the Jet game, uh, before the injury, sat out, obviously, week 18. But I think Elijah Moore would be a guy that Browns fans should have their eyes on because there could be an opportunity for his number to get called early and often. And keeping in mind, you know, when Joe got here, that was the receiver he had the best relationship with from their time together in New York. Well done, my man. I hope we're talking again next week. Enjoy it tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. Absolutely looking forward to it. You guys all have a great day. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff Lloyd. Lockdown Browns on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Outline. By the way, you know that little parlay we cooked up on Bet365. If I add David Bell to it, going for 50 yards, mm-hmm. which would be a lot, you know, I keep Amari Cooper with 50. I keep everything we did. Yeah. If I add David Bell getting 50 yards, it brings him from plus 210 to 16 to 1. Let's get it in. Let's go. I mean, can they both do it? Can they both get 50 yards? Let's get freaky on a freaky Friday. Or do I just say, hey, give him the over under 20 and a half yards and just. That's probably the safest thing to do. But you know what? With the way I'm feeling right now. What do they say out there with the L.A. Rams? Blank them picks? Yeah, blank it. Let's go, man. David Bell's rushing and receiving yards combined over under is 20 and a half. If I add that in, it just takes it to four and a half to one. But if I get him to 50 yards receiving, mm-hmm. just one bomb from Flacco, <laughs> now we're now we're sitting in butter. That's what Now we're feeling like, now that's interesting to me. Sitting in butter, by the way, I like. I've That's, never, I've never uh, heard you say that. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> what I was thinking there, but well, if that sounds good or horrible. Sitting I don't, in butter, okay. <laughs> that is something I've never I don't heard know. before. I might need to, we do have to spin that clip often on the show. You know what he's doing right now? That's not that. But All right. Hey, real quick. News coming out of Tuscaloosa. This into some freaky stuff. <laughs> Pete Thamel reporting Washington's Caleb yeah. DeBoer is on the cusp of getting Alabama the Alabama job. Finality expected yeah. soon. He said Washington made a strong push to keep Kalen DeBoer attempting to make him one of the country's top 10 coaches per sources. They offered uh, to double his current base of $4.2 million before bonuses. So here's the deal. Yep. He checks two boxes. The rapid riser. Mm-hmm. The guy that came out of nowhere. Sioux Falls, D2 school, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Came out of nowhere. Indiana guy. Indiana, of course. Yes, sir. And and all of a sudden got his team to a national title game. Yeah. Here's the other thing it does. Mm. It cleans the break from Saban completely. No disciples, no, yeah. no retreads. The nobody. opposite of what the Patriots did. Yes, the opposite. Yeah. No in-house, no big Alabama tie. Yeah. It's risky because when you have a program like this, everybody wants the... The guy that just bleeds that color and bleeds that school, and you wouldn't be getting it with him. And so I get, and then the other thing is, I know you brought up Sarkeesian the other day. His buyout obviously would be much more than DeBoer's. So that's part of it. But Alabama's probably not worried about buyouts. They're probably more worried about, are we going to get the right guy? But if you look at what he's done, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, his first D1 chance was at Fresno State. Hmm. He then got hired by Washington and then had panics and turned that offense into something incredible. And now he's 25-3 and three over the last two years, including getting to the title game. So they would be striking on the next big name. Yeah, started from the bottom, yeah. now he's here. 
And you mentioned Michael Penix. He may be changing the identity of Alabama. I mean, the, when I thought about Alabama under Nick Saban, for the most part, very physical team, great defenders, mm-hmm. the Mark Ingrams, Derrick Henrys of the world. I know towards the back end, you had Tua and, and Bryce Young and those guys, but he may be bringing in that, well, probably that exact style of offense. And we've seen a couple receivers from Alabama hop into the portal here recently since the Saban news came down. I wonder what they're thinking now that Kalen DeBoer is there with the explosive playmakers that we've seen play within his offense. So we shall see, but it looks like Bama's got their guy and Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. CBR, are we leaving this show with no announcement from Travion Henderson? The last piece of the puzzle. Well, we've got a little over 10 minutes. I would say probably so. All right. We'll come back with Tell the Truth next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's Ping Pong Game. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, take us home. All right, now that we know that it's likely Kalen DeBoer will take over at Alabama, let's give it a grade on this hire for Alabama because a lot of guys maybe they would have gone after got their raises, and good on them for using that as leverage. But bringing in DeBoer, what is your letter grade on that? It's a little risky. I think it's kind of got the B to B-plus feel to me. I can't tell you this is an A hire. He's done a great job. I acknowledge that in the last segment. He was leading this prolific offense, and and he will get that same deal with Bama. So I feel like you are pairing him with a lot of talent, which would be fine. The no ties to Bama and all that, I don't think that'll matter if he's a quality coach. Um, they win, they win, but it's he's following Saban, guys. I mean, there's no way to, to say, like, <laughs> If you said they pried Sarkeesian out of Texas, I'd be like, okay, that's an absolute A hire. Um, Kalen DeBoer, I'm, I'm in the B to B plus on paper. To get it to an A, I got to see stuff. Yeah, I, I'm going to go B minus. So I'm close to where you're at. It's just whew, the toughest act to follow maybe in the history of college football is what he's going to have to do right now. What because- if they would hire Dabo? What would you say? Oh, the deep ties to Bama. Boy. AR with what he's been doing recently with NIO and the mm-hmm. portal, I probably hit it with a B minus. Okay, same grade. You know, I just yeah. wouldn't really trust that he would really get it going there. But I, I think that a lot of offensive recruits, maybe some guys that are in the portal, when we get to that window in the spring where the portal's back open and all that stuff, they may be looking at Alabama and saying, "Man, Roma Dunze and McMillan and Polk and what he did with those guys. Yeah, give me a piece of that." So I'll go, I'll go with a B minus. The fun hire on paper would have been if Rabel went if Rabel went to college, if Rabel went to Bama. Because mm. now you've got like this big former Ohio State <laughs> star and Patriot going to Bama. Now, he doesn't have any ties there either. That would have been the one, I think, that rocked, that could rock the nation. Like, wow. how much would he get into the NIL and recruiting, but you know the intensity he brings. I think if Vrabel would have gone to Bama, 
I think that would have gut punched Buckeye fan pretty good. Um, obviously, so. wasn't going to happen. But uh, Kalen DeBoer, I don't think. I think he's re- respected, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he scares anybody right now. Just remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. All right. Momentum is building for Ohio State for running back in the 2025 class Ooh. from the state of Ohio. He's actually the number eight running back on 24-7 sports. He plays at Villa Angela St. Joseph's up in Cleveland. His name is Bo Jackson. My question to you is, <laughs> tell the truth. Would you feel immense pressure with that name playing the running back position? No question. I mean, if you have any of the GOAT's names, like, you're going to feel immense pressure. I mean... Just I mean, we got a lot it. of guys that, that have Michael Jordan, but not in basketball. They're in other sports. Like Michael like. Jordan, who played yeah. guard at Ohio State. Right, but he right. ain't hooping. Like, imagine, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right, right, right. being a hooper yeah. and having that name. Or imagine being a young chef and having the name Emerald Lagasse. I'd be like, why are y'all doing this to mm. me? Like, well, why are y'all doing this to me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's a pressure I would not want to deal with. They are. Not at all. Yeah, it'd be like being a race car driver and coming up with the name Dick Trickle. I mean, that'd be a tough one to live up to, I would think. It's... I just saying. Why, why did you pick that? I don't know. It's Friday. Just like sitting in butter, baby. Just we're all going to be sitting in butter. All right, next up, the Browns are in the playoffs. If you were a Browns fan, tell the truth. Would you feel pressure or nervous for tomorrow? Or would you feel like you're playing with house money? Oh, no, this is no house money. That's what I was trying to tell no, him no, earlier. No. He Houston's on the house money. That's what I said. He ain't I'm not saying that. the team. I'm saying as a fan. No. The Browns fan right now is not getting any kind of a... Oh, well, feeling. There is, sitting in there, is ner- there are nerves. There are, this is the playoffs. They're good. I think Browns fan might be afraid to go all in and really lean into this. Mm. I think they're cautiously optimistic. I think there are nerves flying. I'm not saying they're not confident they should go and win the game. They are favored, but it's only by a deuce, but it's on the road. And you've got C.J. Stroud, who's been throwing darts all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you and I both picked the Browns, but if you are Browns fans right now, this has no house money feel at all. It's the exact opposite. The house money is on Houston, who won three games last year, that has everything to gain and not a ton to lose. Here's why I think the house money vibe should be gone. Because they've established themselves post all these injuries as a viable threat. People believe in that. Correct. To get to the AFC title game. You just heard from Jeff Floyd saying they ain't scared to go into Baltimore. Like, that's the vibe. And I respect that because they've gone into Baltimore and won already. But for me, from where I'm sitting right now, there there can't be a house money vibe because you've proven that not only you can sustain Mm -hmm. wins, but you can play at a high level still. I could be convinced that if you played at Baltimore... That there's a little house money there because Baltimore will be expected to win. However, the more steps you make closer to the Super Bowl, mm. the more the pressure is to make sure it happens. And so I think the Browns are just out on house money altogether. They're a good team. They got an experienced quarterback. They'll lean on their defense and the weapons they have in Njoku and Amari Cooper and then hope to play great football. I I don't know if there is a house money that not, exists for them this year. Not this week. You nailed it. Not this week. You sit on a throne of lies. I just want to be built different. That's okay. Well, I, right. like I'm saying, I don't even know, if Maddie, <laughs> if they have house money at all, even Ooh. if they played Detroit, Baltimore, because I think, like I said, the closer you get, 
the more it feels like you've got to capitalize on this opportunity. But I thought you just said Baltimore would have all the pressure next week, so wouldn't that make them Not, essentially... No, they will be pressured because they'd be at home, but I don't think it's house money for the Browns ever. I think they're too good for house money. The house money only exists on Tampa and Houston. See, I disagree, because I think if they do get Baltimore next week, that is going to be the talking point, because you nailed it. It said it's all on Lamar and the Ravens, and if we're coming in the following Monday or whatever it's going to be and the Browns lose, like I, we're not going to be crushing them. Here's the only bad part of this conversation. We could have been talking about this for an hour, and we didn't. We waited to the last three minutes of the show. But who knew? It was organic, and CB had it hidden, locked away at the end of the show. And the truth shall set you free! If you guys missed NFL picks, pressure, Jonathan Alexander, who gave us a nice preview of the Houston Texans, or Jeff Lloyd, who previewed the Brownies, wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice, and your boys will be there waiting for you. And I am looking at a half-empty bottle of Cavatier, which means that we are just about out of time. Absolutely. By the way, full disclosure, I did add David Bell 50 yards. Just did it. I love it. Because that's me and I... Because it's no risk it, no biscuit season, baby. Come on. No, but greed kills. I'll tell you that (laughs) much. All right, we'll come back. Enjoy it. Have an awesome weekend, and we can't wait to go to the next level of playoffs with you. Common Man and T-Bone up next. Rothman and Ice in the fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets hockey. The fan, Ohio sports destination. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by Mary Haven. Mary Haven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. As we head into the first weekend of the NFL playoffs, here's your odds to win the Super Bowl. 49ers are the favorite at plus 225. Ravens are plus 325. Bills are 6-1. to one. Cowboys plus 750. Last year's Super Bowl teams are next. Chiefs 10-1. to one. Eagles 15-1. to one. Browns are 30-1. to one. For your Mary Haven action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Casting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon, I'm Paul Keels. Ohio State defensive end Jalen Tuimoloau has announced he'll return to the Buckeyes for his senior season. It leaves only running back Travion Henderson as the remaining underclassman has yet to announce his intentions. There are reports of the University of Washington football coach Kalen DeBoer is in negotiations with Alabama to become their new head coach, replacing Nick Saban. As fast it was, as it was open, one of the NFL coaching vacancies has been filled. The New England Patriots did a elevated linebackers coach Jared Mayo to become their new head coach. Buffalo Bills have ruled out wide receiver Gabe Davis and safety Taylor Rapp for, due to injuries to Sunday's playoff game with Pittsburgh. Blue Jackets coach Pascal Benson saying today Daniel Tarasov will start in goal tomorrow against Seattle with Elvis Merz-Leakins as a backup. This update brought to you by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, give him a call at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP or visit him online at sleepbettercolumbus.com. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan, Ohio sports destination. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.